Talk Live. You can join the show if you want. It's live Saturday episode. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you here tonight, you've got Ian. Oh, except that his mics are muted. Canceled Mountaineer. He was talking. Again. He was talking before we went on the air. What were you, uh, Peakless Mountaineer. Okay. And the Reverend Captain Kickass of CaptainKickass.com. And also of Beard Talk Live, which is coming up later on tonight. You guys are going to be here. That's a scientific uh, in fact. The, in the studio for episode 51 yeah. of Beard Talk Live, because I heard you guys mention last week was 50. Yeah. So getting close to we're, uh, the we're over tell you the first rule of radio is never make predictions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never heard that one. I've oh, been no? in the business for a long time. Uh, the first rule of radio is you don't make any money at radio. Oh. That's, yeah, that's uh, it's like rule. music. Yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, I guess there are a few people. No wonder I money. feel so at home here. That, that we got microphones, we got cables, and no lots money. of expensive yeah. gear to make yeah. it all happen. Right. Yeah. But very little in return. Yes, I, I will never recoup the amount of money I have put into music over you know my Facts. my lifetime. Yeah, you right. know, it's just yeah. yeah, it's not possible. Absolutely true. Um, if you want to join the show, you can. Uh, we you know allow you to call in, bring up anything you want. There was actually something in the news, and I don't think we got to the banking stuff last week, but you got fresh banking stuff this week. I do. Uh, Peakless, want to get into that on the way here. We're going to talk a little bit about you know economic matters. Also, we get the chance uh, more from Argentina. We discussed Javier Malay, the libertarian presidential candidate down there, that actually surprisingly won. Not by a huge margin, but he did win the presidential primary, yep. uh, and and that's a mix in which all parties are present. So it's some it's something for him to have walked away with that one. At the very um, least, he's getting a bunch of press, and people are talking about yes. his opinions, and yep. you know, uh, circulating his videos and all that kind of stuff. So. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more. In fact, uh, I've got an interesting story about you know kind of what is life like down there right now for the people that are suffering from the. 100 percent plus a year inflation rate what is that like when coming you're soon that? to a government near you mm-hmm. it could very well be sooner than you think in fact uh the thing that we had in common tonight because we always kind of trade show prep before the show and see who's got what to talk about and captain yeah. you and i both had something about the uh the housing prices <laughs> it was uh professor peter saint Ange, who is a very well-spoken um, very well produced uh, production he does every day he does yeah. like a little three minute deal his research is solid too he uh he's he's got it down and he does it literally seven days a week so very very dedicated production schedule in this case uh actually it's one of the first things i do when i wake up is i go and i check uh his channel just to see what he's talking about oh, he's, wow. he's okay. got his ear to the ground big time in you know the world of oh, yeah. uh, economics and finance and so this story mentions, I've got his little three-minute video from today that I want to share um, because it mentions the housing prices. What are people paying? I mean, we keep hearing about the rates going up, going up, going up. But if you're not actively shopping for a, ho- a house right now, you may not realize just how bad it really is. And as I understand it, the, the rates are like 7 to 8% on one of these mortgages, these 30-year mortgages at the moment, which is more than double what it would have been like a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, and I read somewhere uh, too that there's something like less than a million houses on the market in the U.S. Is that something right? like that? And I I don't have that source right here in front of me, but as I was reading uh, the the post that I grabbed was something that that Peter Saint Ange had shared from the the Kobe letter. I don't know what that is. Okay, I just started following them on 
on the uh, the Twitter because Peter reposted something. But it says uh, the median cost to buy a house hits new record of two thousand and seven hundred and forty eight dollars per month, up a massive ninety percent since twenty twenty. Damn! Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and there's also a, a number about like what percentage of somebody's income that is. Like that's a significant percentage. I don't know if it's in it, that same story. Yeah, uh, in other words, buying a house today costs nearly thirty three thousand per year. This is forty six forty six percent of the median pre-tax household income in the U.S. 46% pre-tax, yeah. meaning that mm-hmm. your take-home is lower than the pre-tax income. Right, right. so I think they're saying, uh, I'm just taking a guess here, the round number I'm uh, in my mind, I'm like 70 grand must be about the median income. 70 grand mm-hmm. a year. If 33,000 is the number you're going to spend per year, and that's Damn. 46%. Of the median pre-tax household income? There was a video, you know, these videos get shared around on uh, social media. Uh, This was a younger woman, maybe like 28, 29, 30, somewhere in that range. Uh, She's in her car. She's doing a selfie, you know, shot where she's just going off about the Mm. state of her economy and her life and what she's able to versus not able to do. Uh, sounds like she might have a child or something like that, yeah. right? Single mom. Sure. And I I would have had to have taken some time to edit the thing, and I just haven't had time for that uh, I, because there's a lot of profanity in it. She's really upset. That's how I feel when I talk about the economy. <laughs> really yeah, frustrated. Uh, I mean, you have the one benefit of you don't have a, a child to support, right? Like you don't, uh, at least that, that I, I'm aware of. I don't think you, you're doing child support at the moment, right, uh, Peakless? That's correct. Right. So that's another burden. Right? Oh, yeah. That's another, the whole other thing. And uh, she is really upset. Like she can, she can't make ends meet, or barely is able to make ends meet. She ends the video by saying, "Am I gonna have to, you know, have my son move out of his room yeah. and rent it out to a stranger?" I've seen. Mm. I think I've seen this video that you're talking about. Yeah, uh, and the answer is yes. yes yeah, you're absolutely. gonna either have yeah. to do that, or you're gonna have mm-hmm. to move back in with your parents or something, right? right. Like you, you, you cannot make ends meet. It is not necessarily your fault. You know, a lot of these people are hearing about people getting a second or third job, right. even mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, so one I, of my one of my neighbors actually popped into my driveway uh, last week, a week before, mm-hmm. or something, and she was like, "Hey, I don't normally do this, but uh, you know, I got one of the other neighbors to watch my kid. I got to go drop off an application. Is it possible for you to give me a ride down the street?" Mm-hmm. She was trying to get a job at the local, you know, buy and so whatever it is. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not? That's a neighborly thing to do." And turns out it's her third job. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but before you go on with your thoughts, uh, the rest of this says post-tax. Uh, we talked about the pre-tax. Pre-tax was 46%, 46% of somebody's income. Uh, the uh, Was average? Median? 46% of the median, median. pre-tax okay. household income in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Post-tax, homebuyers in the U.S. are spending nearly 70% <sighs> of their income on house payments. Wow. Damn. So uh, when I was growing well, up, so, uh, well, everything, hold- everything that I was taught was one-third of your income. Right. right. Yes, exactly. You need to budget that's, one yeah. third of your income, and that's how much you can spend on your apartment or your house or whatever. Yeah. I mean, thank God I live here in the real world where I have human beings that I can make agreements with and like talk to and negotiate with about how we're going to make sure that I'm uh, not taking on more rent payments than I can handle. But uh, in in any ordinary circumstance, they always required that you prove that you make three times the rent. Right. That was the mm. requirement. And if you could not prove that you made three times the rent, you would no not deal. get approved to Denied. live there. Denied. Right. Yeah. 
that being said, Seven, was it seventy what percent? Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Yeah. Two third, more than two thirds right. of someone's post tax income is solely going to pay a mortgage payment Correct. on the median. Yes. Yeah. Just for a place to exist. And then, as I understand it. Food is generally the most expensive, like housing costs beyond the price of rent, right? Isn't yeah, it after after your mortgage or your rent, I believe food is next. Cars got to be in there somewhere mm-hmm. for a lot of people, depending on what you drive, uh, and that kind of a thing. But like food ain't cheap now either. No. Oh, What's no. that? What percentage is food? Oh, no. I, w- I wish there was a breakout. Well, and, and, and that's one of the things that, like, uh, so I do uh, door knocking and you know surveying and that sort of thing. So I talk to a bunch of people, and so many people are under the impression that hey, I thought inflation was supposed to go down <laughs> no oh no no haven't you heard no. it has gone the down. rate of inflation right. went down right so they are stealing more slowly more and more and more mm-hmm. the increase of prices right. will slow slightly right. compared to what it was but the increase right. will continue to be yeah. there as yeah. steady as she's ever been well yeah. and now in the last week or so there's been apparently this big push from the mainstream quote-unquote economists i'm sure you've seen this because where they're arguing that the target inflation rate should no longer be two percent, but it should be three percent now. Yeah, and yeah. We, you know, it's it, we're just planning on stealing an additional fifty percent from all of you. That's all. I mean, well, no big deal. That's only going to be the target inflation rate. We're right. going to try real right. hard to get to three, but if you can't mm-hmm. get there, then yeah. Well, and that's going to be thing. what it's so, going to be. So this isn't one of those circumstances where like it. Well, we ran hot for a while. Like, we were way over 2% for a long mm-hmm. time. Maybe we should run it under 2% for a while. No, no, no. no. So if they do shift that up to 3%, yeah. believe me, if they find themselves at 2%, they'll be like, oh, we better steal a lot more money from everybody. Well, and I and I guess the difference between 1% or rather 2 and 3%, as you pointed out, it is 50%. Uh, 50%, of course, increase, mm-hmm. but also it means like a couple hundred billion a year more in interest payments mm-hmm. for the Federal Reserve. So they would love to have it be stuck yeah. at, you know, 3% if that's what it can, quote unquote, go down to. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is that a 0% inflation rate would still be an enormous amount of theft mm-hmm. because the fact is we are increasing our technology. Higher technology makes things cheaper to make. Mm. You have less effort, less materials going into any given uh, good or service. So what should be happening when you have an increase in technology is that prices go down. So even if they were just making sure that prices stayed the same, that would already be an unknown and enormous amount of theft from everyone. But that's not enough. And just to finish this bit off, uh, because you mentioned rent. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the median monthly apartment rent just hit a fresh record of two thousand one thousand eight hundred fifty nine dollars. Wow, that's national. Oof. That's media. Yeah, national. Okay, that's the median. Mm-hmm. Half or below, <laughs> half or above. Eighteen fifty nine. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So what is that like? If you do the one third, right? That's two four. That's six grand a month. Mm-hmm. What's that in an annual basis? Uh, 60, uh, 72,000, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, your $15 do- uh, an hour job ain't cutting it. Yeah, that's like yeah. 30 grand a year or something, mm-hmm. 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. So related to this, here's this story from Peter St. Ange. He kind of touches on a bunch of economic indicators here for the average individual here in the United States. And here's what he has to say. Is the American consumer tapping out? This miracle economy of ours has been held up above all by consumer spending. And now the American consumer is giving up as credit card debt explodes, pandemic era savings run out, and salary growth dramatically cools. In the past couple days, we've seen some terrible numbers out of retail. I did a video last week on Target losing $15 billion in value. Now, Bellwether Footlocker reported sales down 9%, which knocked a third off their stock. Dick's was flat, while Macy's and even BJ's lowered guidance. When even the warehouse clubs are down, it is bad. You think he did that on purpose? He said Dick's and BJ's. (laughs) The American consumer at this point is running on fumes, piling up debt and running down savings as incomes lag inflation by almost 8% in just two years. Exhibit A is credit card balances, which mm-hmm. are up almost 40% in those two years and just past the $1 trillion line. Which okay, it's important to just focus on that one for a moment. What percent? 40% credit card balances are up, four, all, mm-hmm. he said almost 40%, I think, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so this is what, of course, people are trained to do. You can't make ends meet. Don't cut back your, you know, your habits. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't look at, you know, the things you're spending money on, maybe going to Starbucks every day or whatever other habits that you have that could be cut out of your lifestyle. Yeah. No, just put it all on the card. You'll figure out a way to pay for it later or not. Well, or like or you know, you'll go bankrupt. They're spending all their money on rent and they have no way else to get food. Yeah. And they don't want to seem like to. a bum and go right. start begging or, you know, hit yeah. up the food bank the food or bank. whatever, sure. you know. That kind of and like sometimes people will get straight up denied. Oh, you have a job denied for right? like a credit card? You mean or for no, no, the food for bank. like the food bank or any mm-hmm. sort of uh, even like a welfare program for that matter? Right? You know, yeah. you want to get on food stamps or something? Like, oh, sorry, you make too much. Yeah, yeah. And I've also watched that uh, the credit card payment. Like people are missing credit card payments because of how m- how little money they have, mm-hmm. how much they're spending on housing and food, and the fact that they put all of this extra stuff on their credit cards. Yeah, that increase in rate of inflation, which yeah. means inflation is not going down no. at all, ever. No. Right? It hasn't since I've been alive that I'm aware of. The system is designed on it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, But yet wages have not gone up, so mm-hmm. everything's going to go up and continue to go up in well, price. Well, wages went up, just not as much as you would need them to in order to catch up with the yeah so right. you're making the same amount of money you did before you're so making wages less. went up just not real wages right right you, you are quote unquote you're making more with mm-hmm. quotes but it doesn't buy you as much as it Correct. did in 2019 right the value of your labor is being uh stolen from you yeah yeah mm-hmm. and there's and there's this thing called price anchoring where once you get used to paying a certain price for a certain thing you are really really hesitant to change and to pay more for that thing so a lot of people have to leave their job go work for another company just to get the pay raise just to keep afloat mm. right like yep. we saw uh, my favorite uh, price anchor was a dozen eggs mm-hmm. right for the longest time they're 99 cents maybe a buck oh nine mm-hmm. somewhere in that 
And then, like, recently we saw $6 eggs. They're back down, though. Yeah. I, they are. They but still, like, that's, you know, that's a price anchor. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of folks have a yeah, really and, hard time. And I quit buying eggs while mm. it was $6 a dozen. I I was kind of already buying farm fresh eggs. I yeah, can't. we're buying in, the In, in New Hampshire, stuff. I can't drive more than 10 minutes without seeing fresh eggs. Right. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's selling some fresh eggs at their farm side stand or just out of their house or whatever. So it's real difficult not to find this stuff. But... Um, it certainly is a, a thing that most common people can relate to is yeah. the price of eggs. Whereas uh, a lot of times people who aren't economists or haven't studied the economy in any way, I am, I don't consider myself an economist in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form, but I still think I'm ahead of like the common man when it comes to understanding. If you can economics. define inflation, you're ahead of the common person, I think. But if uh, it's really not that difficult and the way to teach people economics, of, of course, is to give them something tangible that they can relate to. And so eggs, like uh, the media likes to use gas, right, as sort of that anchor. Like, oh, the mm-hmm. price of gas is $4 now mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right? right. Uh, I think that that's kind of a, eh. a lot of gas stations will use well, gasoline. Well, it's subsidized, number one. It's subsidized, and they'll also use gasoline uh, as a loss. No, leader. actually, uh, uh, gas is not subsidized. Not uh, directly, but in the form of the U.S. military going oh, over and okay, protecting yeah, yeah. those companies, it's yeah. subsidized. Right. But gas stations will also use gasoline as what they call a loss leader to sell everything else. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. So They're not making money on they, the gas. Yeah, they'll purposely not make a profit on the sale of gas so that they can buy cigarettes, right. lotto tickets, yep. uh, beer, wine, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. If they got a sandwich shop yeah. inside there, whatever If it they is. are making anything, it's probably 1% or 2% or something yeah. right. like that. Uh, so let's continue here. He points out that this trillion dollars in credit card debt is a record high, by the way, for people in the United States. Say record high. So, so record high yeah. uh, credit card debt, mm-hmm. record high rent. Rec- is it record? It wouldn't surprise me, but yeah. Well, would- record high median. Okay. Right? The, the yep. median is, is a record high. Okay. Uh, we're talking 70% of post-tax income mm-hmm. uh, on mortgages. Oh, meanwhile, by the way, we talked recently about uh, BRICS on the show, the uh, other big world power group that's now expanding to right. have uh, 11 total members, I believe. It has five. BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They're going to be adding six more countries, including Argentina, Egypt, and uh, more importantly, the U- <laughs> uh, the UAE and Saudi Arabia, which means, according to one guy's totals, the BRICS organization will have 80% of the world's oil Ooh. output under its umbrella. Yeah, and, and, and this is something that I've definitely talked about on this show, that the OPEC agreement to only take U.S. dollars for oil mm-hmm. has been the thing that kept the American dollar at its uh, on yep. the throne, yep. like as the world's recur- the world's reserve currency. This is, is where the-, the term petrodollar comes from. Exactly the the petrodollar system, which man, I, I that ha- that was so hard for me to learn about, and it turns out there's this whole oh, it's just it's the petrodollar system, yeah. But that is absolutely what backs the dollar mm-hmm. is the fact that every country knows that they can get energy which they need to survive. If they have dollars, and that's why they have this as like, oh, yes, that's the secure thing. So now if you have 80% of the world's oil and they don't want to use the dollar, that is uh, okay. That is where we're headed. Well, and if you believe all of the dollar 
defenders out there, and there's a lot of them. Basically, anyone in the mainstream opinion media in the world of economics is going to say, oh, it's no big deal. BRICS means nothing. It's nothing. The dollar is in charge. 90% of world's trade. And, you know, just going on and on about how the dollar is untouchable. Meanwhile, headline here from MoneyWise, India just bought a million barrels of oil, Mm -hmm. one million barrels, from the UAE, both now in the same economic agreement under mm-hmm. BRICS. This news mm-hmm. actually came out, I think, right around the time of the BRICS meeting that was going on earlier this week. It was like Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, somewhere in that range. They had like a three-day uh, summit that where they made these decisions. So it was right around that time where they bought it from the UAE using the Indian rupee instead of the U.S. dollar for the first time. Mm-hmm. Ever? Apparently. Yeah. So that's a big deal, and that's what one of the key things that BRICS has been talking about. There's been mm-hmm. the teaser of they might do their own currency, like a, an international yeah. currency yeah, yeah. or a BRICS uh, nas- multinational currency. Which, that hasn't happened yet. Which, but, honestly, I don't expect that anytime soon. Yeah, it's going like, to take a lot of time. And, and like the, the I forget what it, what exactly the title was, but uh, uh, one of the high up BRICS uh, financial officer guys is like, yeah, that is a medium to long term plan. Absolutely. And that's, that's accurate. I it mean, takes a lot of planning right, to make like, that happen. Honestly, each of these countries individually has a lot of difficulty with their organization. Sure. Now, if you add on top of that, getting them all to agree with very different cultures on what they're going to do, how they're going to run their currency system, yeah, that is probably a long way off. That actually doesn't matter that much. No, because they can do what they're doing right, right now, which is say, okay, no more dollar, petrodollar. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be the rupee, uh, you know, petro or the petro yeah. ruble or whatever. Whatever they can trade between one another with their existing central bank currencies, they're going to be doing that. This is an indicator of things to come, yeah. and these things can come right now. Yeah. There's so, nothing now the, to wait for. I mean, the nice part about this is that it's in a country's best interest to diversify their their reserve currencies. Oh, I'll hold a little bit of rupees, mm-hmm. I'll hold a little bit of yuan, a little bit of rubles, instead of just all of a sudden, oh, I've got to hold half in yuan and half in dollars. So let me let me see if I understand this. What you guys are saying is, all in all, it's just another bricks in the wall? <laughs> Yeah, and I, the question, of course, is is BRICS going to change its acronym, or are they going to stick with I, BRICS? I, I was going to ask that point. when you mentioned that there were more countries. I'm like, it seems their acronym's a little short. I think they're <laughs> going to stick with the BRICS just because mm-hmm. it works, and it, you know, it's kind Hit, of good hitting one. the BRICS is not, what we're doing. It's not a bad one. Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But I think one of the more important questions is, when are the BRICS countries going to start dumping the dollar reserves that they have? They're not going to. Well, China get... already started. Well, right, but they're not going to tell you when that's going to happen. Mm. They're just going to do it, yeah. and maybe they'll do it all at once. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. 
Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. Although we are talking about economics and you know the real-world aspect of making ends meet, because the average person isn't really concerned with Austrian versus Keynesian or any of the real details of economics. They just want to know, are they going to be able to make the rent payment at the end of the month, pay the power bill, keep food on the table, uh, and you yeah. know make sure their kids uh, are taken care of? This brings into question the entire idea of living a subscription-based life. What like, does that mean? Well... You have to pay something every month in order to get by, mm-hmm. right? This is like a subscription-based, like like, like you will own be, nothing and be happy, kind of thing. Yeah, like like shouldn't there be a, a point in your life where okay, I no longer have to pay every month mm. for mm. everything, right? This this subscription. No, you always have to pay based, property tax until you die. Well, right. there is that. Right. So, but what I'm saying is like Even prior if you pay the house to off. Mm-hmm. prior to I don't know a hundred or so years ago, mm. right? Uh, this wasn't out of the question right. to not mm-hmm. live a subscription-based life. Like, I'm pretty sure my grandparents were maybe the first generation to begin to live the subscription-based life. Okay. To them, uh, they always hunted every season for whatever, anything that was available to be hunted. Uh, you know, they, of course, bought hunting licenses as those things came about and things of that nature. But they'd get a deer every year at least. They'd mm-hmm. go squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, duck hunting, right? They had several gardens, they would can all of their own stuff by canning. I mean, jarring, right? right. You know, uh, but you know the old school stuff. They they owned a meat grinder, you know, with a crank on it. Yeah, with yeah. the crank on. You know, the cast iron looking thing. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, they were able to do all of these things uh, themselves without. I mean, sure, they had to buy like ammunition to go hunting. And, yeah. you now know. you can literally buy a box of meat sent to your house every every month. Sure, mm-hmm. right. But what I'm saying a is subscription like subscription service uh-huh. is is there was a point in their life where they didn't live a subscription-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Money to them was on top of all of that. I see. They provided for themselves, and I think a popular amongst libertarians is the homesteading lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a, like, get back to that non-subscription-based lifestyle, where maybe you have some property that's paid off, uh, and you're able to grow your own food and raise some animals and barter within your mm-hmm. community to get most of the stuff you need so that all you have to pay is your property tax, that kind of a thing. But... Why stop there? Why can't human beings get to a point where they're not living a subscription-based lifestyle at all? Because of taxes, I think. Right? Because you always have to pay. Even if you pay off the home, you still have to pay the gang. Right. If you don't Mm -hmm. pay the gang, they will take your home from you, and then they'll just sell it to somebody who is willing to pay Mm -hmm. them. Yes. And then you're out in the streets, which ironically then... If you're like the average person, you would go to the government and ask them for help. I wouldn't, personally, but right. uh, but that's what a lot of people would do. So. But what I'm saying is that that idea is impossible with the existence of government. It is. Yeah, that's true. It's not possible for a human on planet Earth to live uh, 
a non-subscription-based lifestyle. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess I hear kind of like two things in what you're saying. There's on one hand this critique of the subscription-based lifestyle, and then on the other hand, there's this in embracing of the idea of you know taking care of your own property and having these things that you rely on that you can do all yourself. And certainly, what we've seen over time is. Uh, the idea of the division of labor, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, you don't need to do all those things yourself. You can have somebody do a lot of those things. Now, that usually means you have to pay them to do those things. But if you're doing something that's very valuable, then you can afford to pay people to to do those things. So yeah. it's like, I'm of but the like, opinion that I don't want to raise animals, right? Like, I'd rather have Jay Noon and sure, the Bardo Farm take care and, of that. And you want to and you want to barter for those things. Yeah. But uh, are you on? Are you paying them every month for that? Are you on well, a, we, are you on a service? We pay them when we run out of meat. Right, right. So but but like, you're not like it would be the equivalent of thing. it would be the equivalent of uh, uh, like paying a plumbing company uh, some amount of money per month just in case something goes wrong. Okay. Well, right. Um, you don't do that. You only call the plumber when you need him. Well, right. not necessarily. Uh, we do have a yearly maintenance plan with the heating uh, company or whatever. So they come, mm. they come by on a once a year basis, and they, you know, the oil heater, or, right? It, like it needs yeah. to have certain things done to it on a regular basis. Sure. If you don't, it's going to break down. So I'm not saying you there... can wait till it breaks down, or you can pay well, them. And on I'm not a regular saying basis. that there's anything wrong with yeah. subscribing to services that mm-hmm. you don't want to do or otherwise can't. What I'm saying is that the current basis of society doesn't even allow for that as a possibility right. the other way you're to, saying. to be off subscription right you, you know? don't just get to own your stuff at a certain point and be set mm. you right. can never be set for life because you don't know how long you're going to live and you don't know what the taxes are going to do while you're still alive right. whereas like you used to be able to go off away from civilization make a place for yourself and figure out a way that you could just provide for your own existence and not have to rent your reality yeah. from anyone else. There's only one guy I can think of that's doing anything close to that, and that was River Dave. Right. The yeah, guy living off the land in of. New Hampshire, yeah. on the literally on or near the river, yeah. <laughs> one of the rivers here. Yeah. Yeah, in a shack or yeah. whatever. And then you they know. burned him out. Yeah. The, the yeah. government literally came and set his house on fire. Yeah. That is how they respond to you getting off of their subscription. Right. I would say, I guess the key difference here is what things can you continue to do versus what are you prohibited from being able to do for for yourself? Because, like, you know, like I said, I don't want to raise animals. Could I? Yeah, I mean, I could if I wanted to go buy a farm and get some animals and, and do all that. Our co-host Mark Edge did pigs for a while. He yeah. had a bunch of pigs. and he named them after politicians, yeah. too. <laughs> and he slaughtered the pigs, and he went through that whole procedure, and then he just decided he didn't want to do that anymore. And so, yeah. you know, he got away from it. But there are some things that if you want to do those things yourself— you just cannot do those things. Right. There are, there are certain areas, uh, most areas of population anyway, uh, until you get out into the rural areas, uh, you have to be tied to the electric grid. Mm-hmm. They won't let law. you build a new home unless. So even you're if you have an existing and- home mm-hmm. and you want to convert entirely to solar and mm-hmm. unplug from the city grid, you're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Right. 
better find somewhere else to live like you, you want to do that you can still put up solar yeah. panels but you got to be connected to the grid so that they can take your value from you without your permission whenever you make excess another mm-hmm. example that i thought of was the electric cars like a tesla for instance uh tesla specifically i believe keeps their parts on lockdown i know this is what i've heard i know i'm not sure this is 100 percent true but i believe this to be true meaning that if you want to repair your tesla Something, you know, it's time for an oil change or whatever. You have to go to an authorized dealer for that. Mm-hmm. You can't just take that to a garage of any sort. You cannot do it yourself. Like right. a lot of people like to do their own car stuff, right? Because that's one of those things that they can be independent with. They can right. source their own parts from wherever they get the parts and then do the labor themselves because they're car guys or they're into that or whatever. Not with a Tesla. Yeah, Tesla can't do it. Tesla is absolutely in favor of moving from owning a thing to the subscription model. Right. We're like, oh, well, you better pay a subscription or uh, no heated seats for you or yeah. whatever it is. It's not just them. We read we read a whole story about, I think, BMW's doing that now. And yeah. there's multiple companies where the equipment's in your car. Mm-hmm. You just have to pay them to turn it on. With Tesla, it was like you could pay an extra X per, you know, when you buy the thing, or maybe it's a monthly charge, mm-hmm. and you'll get the supercharge where you can hit zero to 60 in two seconds instead of three or whatever it is, right? right. So they, get, they right. actually increase right. the speed for you. And then if there's some uh, industrious, smart Tesla owner out there who decides, uh, hey, I'm, you know, I need to replace this part in my car, mm. I'm just going to pull this part out. I'm going to uh, take it apart. Warranty. I'm going to take it apart. I'm going to scan it, and I'm going to 3D print a replacement part. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to that guy? A warranty violation, probably. Okay, but what about legal repercussions? What if he puts oh, that yeah. information online then and allows everybody trouble. else to yeah. be able to print their own replacement part? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah, I was I, I was watching this like documentary on uh, 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 travelers, which is basically gypsies in uh, in England, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And this guy's talking about how he went to jail. Oh, you know, for cloning motors, and I'm like. For what? <laughs> cloning motors. Right? I had to look up what is cloning motors. And it's mm-hmm. like, holy crap. You can just like build wow. motors that are as good and in the same kind of shape as major car companies. And what do we do yeah. with these people? We put them in jail. We put them in jail. Yeah. Well, I I don't like how yeah, but. you how do you even do that? You don't have like yeah. a massive well, manufacturing but you're managing to do it. Up oh. Got to go to jail for that. That's just like the concept of uh, intellectual property. Right. Right? That's uh, exactly. People right. are like, oh, if you download a copy of a movie, you're stealing. Or a copy of a, somebody's albums, band, mm-hmm. you're stealing. Well, okay. If I figure out a way to scan your automobile, right, in such a way that I can replicate all of the parts of it, and so I scan your automobile, and I take that information home, and I go print up, 3D print up all the parts that I need, and I assemble exactly your car. Mm-hmm. Have I stolen your car? No. Why not? Because I still have it. Right. Because, because in you order, can't steal an idea. Well, mm. in order for something to be theft, the original owner has to be left without it. Correct. Yep. There has right. to be a shortage. There has to be a loss. Right. Uh, there has to be... You know something that that person is is right. you without. stole yeah. my idea. Making that's a not copy. possible. Right. Making it's a, a copy, copy right. is right. not theft. Right. Uh, I agree. Let's go to Dave Ridley. He's on the line from RidleyReport.com. Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, how close? Have you guys been paying close attention to the scandal surrounding the uh, Sununu Youth Services Center in Manchester? No, I haven't been paying close attention. I, have you guys? Uh, I keep seeing I stuff on this. Um, our our frequent caller, uh, Robbie Poppins, Robin Vermont. Yeah. Uh, he has been paying attention to that and keeps sending me stuff on it. Yeah. I read an article he forwarded me, and 
I only got halfway through it. It was so it's repulsive sick, yeah. and disgusting. J- Jay Noon's been following it pretty closely as well, our Thursday night co-host. And uh, basically, as I understand it from the outside, not having followed it closely, this is a uh, essentially a youth, what they call deten- detention center, where apparently some rapes went on, some number of them, a fairly large number, because they've set aside uh, like $100 million or $150 million dollars to be offered to these victims who are now piling up right because they're all you know it's it's you know how it is the pile on thing right like one guy says hey so and so guard raped me oh yeah me too and me too like everybody stands up and says yeah and looks like there's some truth to these allegations so the state's paying out upwards of 150 million dollars or they're offering these people in order to avoid court because they could pay a lot more mm-hmm. if they lose in court. So they're saying, hey, how about we give you $100,000 and we you won't just admit go any away. wrongdoing. Right, right. We still get to keep all of our government subsidies and not want have officer, a big old scandal. We wouldn't want Officer Rapey to actually have to lose his job and possibly face criminal charges. So here's one hundred and fifty grand. You go away and have a nice life and we'll just shh. Keep things hush-hush. Don't sue us. Well, That's what's going on, right. as I understand. It. And of right. course, as I always tell people, because I you know, I was in the family courts for some period of time mm. in my childhood, and family court is even worse mm-hmm. than every other type of court yes. that yeah, yeah. you could possibly have to be subject to because they do not play by even their same rules. No. Family court mm-hmm. just gets to make crap up as they go and then people just go oh i guess that's what the family court decided so we gotta do that and it's it's heinous it's brutal as long as the judge considers it to be in the interest of justice then that's what happens is this is juvenile court family court though like uh if you get wrapped up as a juvie with a criminal charge does that go through family court or is that like a special juvenile court is a branch of family court i could be wrong i'm not a lawyer because uh, I think it's wh- whatever court it is that's sending these kids to jail, essentially. According what... to this article, this is a family court thing. Hmm. Uh, this is the, the article that Rob sent me. It says, here's some background for better understanding of the seriousness of the crimes. The state of New Hampshire family court judiciary are committing felony crimes, and we the people are demanding they be indicted and sent to prison for Good these luck. crimes against humanity. So apparently this is specific to family court. Hmm. Uh, All right. What about it, Ridley? What have you heard? Well, uh, just some more numbers from you, uh, from this article, or, or from the two articles I read. Uh, apparently, there were there are 10 people that have been charged uh, by the state with crimes mm-hmm. against the kids. And there was, uh, I guess, there was a, thousand, a thousand different lawsuits, either that or a thousand different people doing lawsuits mm-hmm. uh, against the state over this. And uh, the last number is 100. That is the number of people who showed up at a demonstration, I guess, about a week ago at the state house complaining about the slow progress of uh you know the, the, the you know we investigated ourselves and determined that we'll get back to you mm-hmm. yeah it sounds about right um i'm sorry to hear there was only 100 people showing up but then again would it really have made a difference if there was a thousand uh probably not these bureaucrats are going to cover their butts as effectively as they possibly can they're going to use your taxpayer money to do it uh, it's not going to be the uh, officer rapies who are going to be paying out to these kids. It's going to be the taxpayers uh, who are going to be paying out. That's where that $150 million is coming from. I mean, if they face criminal charges, that's nice and all, but that doesn't, re- you know, that doesn't resolve the problem. That just means that those officers are out of the system, meaning their jobs are open now for some other sick pervert 
to come in and take those jobs. Because who is going to be attracted to a job with power over children? Gee, I wonder. Where they're literally you know, it's, it's, kept in your facility against their will, and they have to do what you say. What kind of person is attracted to that particular job? It's um, sometimes it feels almost like you know, like a torture scandal. People in America, they all it seems like they all know it happened. You know, like mm-hmm. the U.S. troops torturing people and everything, beating that guy's legs until they had to cut them off. Except he died before they could do the amputation. You know, yeah. it, it, it just the most vile things and people just you talk about that and they're like well uh let's talk about something else you know there's just like mm-hmm. there's just such a big deal they can get really angry about someone beating a guard maybe at january 6th protest uh but in that they'll lose their minds over that but they just they they just they, their eyes just glaze over if you want to talk about about the really bad things that it's are going on cognitive it's just, dissonance it's like so bad so unspeakable it just can't even be discussed or addressed and i feel like i'm even part of this problem in the sense that i've only done two maybe two things about this at all myself right mm-hmm. uh including this call i can't remember you know, i mean only one other thing i've ever done about it and uh, well, the good so news is, uh, as I understand it, Ridley Report is coming back. Your online video series that woo! you started as far back as what, two thousand seven, eight? When did you start Ridley Report? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So we're talking about fifteen years ago. This thing had been going on for years. You took a break for uh, over, I think, the last year or so, and you're bringing it back. As I understand it, so I bet, it I bet you know if you can get a ride to wherever one of these things is going on, you can uh, you can hold some of these people to account yourself, Ridley. Well, yeah, I, mean, I should say I wasn't taking a, a break so much as I was deplatformed. Well, yeah, <laughs> so. I got you. But now you're coming back. Uh, check out Dave Ridley. He's going to be uh, what you got new videos that are in the pipe. You're still working on them, as I understand it. But they'll be coming back to Ridley Report on its uh, I think Odyssey and BitChute. Correct. All right. Very cool. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just go to, go to com. Perfect. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. You're welcome. Let's continue with Skeeter in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Skeeter. Hello, my uh, free-riding Pollyanna seditioners. It's your favorite fear-monger here, Little Feet. Hey, uh, Austrian economics isn't the only economic school that uh, supports a pure market system, you know. Also, uh, economic, uh, Austrian economics is uh, built off fallacy. And false idols. What's the other free market uh, economic school? Uh, Skeeternomics. It's it's hilarious. (laughs) Like, like, uh, for example, intellectual property isn't wrong because, not because it isn't theft, it's uh, wrong because it's unprofitable and too expensive to suppress information, right? So you're a utilitarian, so so it would explain why you would say something like that. What else were you calling about tonight? Yeah, so... Like, uh, I was uh, calling in to say, like, uh, taxation isn't theft uh, if people would have given it voluntarily at the threat of the removal of government services. Well, also, that's impossible uh, to know. Taxation isn't aggression or it so, isn't aggression. So here's or the thing. You, you can't actually know if the sex is consensual when there's a knife against her throat. That's kind of there the problem of doing so, that. So it, it also is an aggression or extortion since you don't have to pay it. Yes, it is absolutely extortion. Instead, instead of free riding national defense, you can you can renounce your citizenship and move out. No, you can't. You obviously have not done any research on this. Uh, In order to quote unquote renounce citizenship legally, 
you have to pay them. It's like mm-hmm. over four grand now. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, that just made, for just, that that's fee. That's the filing that's fee. That's the filing that's fee, That's right. the yeah, filing yeah. fee. Roger Veer, former uh, sponsor, longtime sponsor, like angel-level sponsor of this show, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got a little tired of living in the United States mm-hmm. after they put him in federal prison for selling fireworks on the internet. He was selling fireworks on eBay, which apparently other people do, but they went after him for it because he was involved in politics sure. out in mm-hmm. California. And uh, they put him in prison for that. And after that, he just got a little bad taste in his mouth about living here. So he said, you know what? I'm out. And he went and he moved to St. Kitts, Nevis. He's in Japan a lot of the year. He kind of moves around. He's an international man now. But in order to get to that point, he had to renounce his citizenship, which included paying six figures to the federal government Mm -hmm. to settle whatever it is they said that he, quote unquote, owed them. So the whole idea that you're just going to be able to ride off into the sunset just because you want to say bye-bye to these thugs is absolutely ridiculous. The only free rider at uh, uh, when Skeeter calls is Skeeter. He's free riding the Free Talk Live. Sure. Thanks mm-hmm. for the call tonight. Skeeter. Yeah, as, as I understand it, you also have to leave their uh, claimed geographical territory. So you can, Yes, you cannot you, come back without a green card or whatever the right, legal right. stuff. So like, you can renounce your citizenship yeah. from another country. You must be mm-hmm. in another country in order to renounce your citizenship to this country. Like, yep. it cannot be any of the places that they have claimed to control. That's correct. While you renounce. No, no, no. And you cannot come back without treat, being treated as an immigrant at mm-hmm. that point. Wait, so you're saying that even if I wanted to renounce my citizenship, let's mm-hmm. just assume that I did. Mm-hmm. Right. And I go, hey, I want to do that. They're like, well, you're still here. You can't do that. Right. I see. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. Yeah, and uh, I, I think there might even be a requirement that you have citizenship in another recognized mm. country in order to renounce your citizenship here. Well, that's doable. I mean, some of these countries will literally, you can buy their citizenship. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the easiest part of what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, if it's you a, got the money. Yeah. It's a well, whole bureaucratic thing. Yeah, and and mind you... If you don't renounce your citizenship, even if you never return to the United States, they will still hunt you down for your taxes oh, yeah. wherever you are in the world. Yeah, if you're a, a, a quote, U.S. citizen, unquote, uh, and you decide you're going to go overseas and you get a job overseas, you're getting paid, you know, not in dollars by, you know, some company from some other land, you're living in that land, mm-hmm. you're paying rent in that land, yep. uh, yeah, the U.S. is still going to tax you. They think you yeah. owe them. Right. Yeah. If you were born in the geography that they claim, they will hunt you down for what they feel they are owed yeah. in spite of having never provided you anything whatsoever. Government does this weird thing called the lottery of birth, mm-hmm. right? Depending on you know what geographic area, what piece of dirt uh, you happen to be ejected from your mother's vagina on, uh, is the government that you are subjected to. Yeah. You don't volunteer to join it. You don't well, consent to it at all. That's a great point. And that, I think... It it bears repeating the idea that you don't have to renounce something you never had in the first place. Where is the evidence besides your claim on various government forms, which you had to say this in order to fill the form out to get the thing that they were holding over your head, like a driver license so they don't kidnap you when you're trying to get from home to work, where you say, I'm a U.S. citizen. Where is the evidence of the actual agreement of citizenship? Absent an actual immigration procedure, which they actually do go through a citizenship procedure where they have Mm -hmm. to take a test and they have to swear an oath and they have to go through a whole thing. 
If you're born within the so-called United States geographical landmass, you're just considered a citizen. But all you have to do is go look at the definition of citizen to learn what it is. And the definition of citizen is, in both legal and normal dictionaries, we go ahead and pick it up and see for yourself, is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. Right. It is supposed to be a trade. It is supposed to be an agreement First of all, you never signed anything, number one, so obviously it doesn't exist. But even more proof is that the U.S. government's own Supreme Court has ruled over and over that they do not owe you any obligation of protection. Right. That goes yeah. for military and police, just in case everybody's wondering, yeah. oh, it's only police. No, it's over for military and police. And over. And since you bring up the legal definition of a citizen, it is thoroughly established that it is identical to subject. Yeah. The legal yeah. term citizen is subject. Listen to they what are the police king, say. You are their peasant. That Look, is the relationship. Tune into any police scanner and listen to how they talk about you. Maybe not you personally, but the people who are not the police. Whenever they talk about subject is blah, 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 blah. Right. Subject is, oh, they're, they're turning east, subject east on uh, 91 or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like, every time they refer to someone who is not one of their gang, it is talking about a subject. Mm. I mean, there it is. It's right there. Anyway, there's more coming up here. Uh, hour number two is on the way. We're going to talk more about uh, what's going on in the economy. People are having a tough time making ends meet. And if you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us on Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of... Where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Live Saturday show. Phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. We started out tonight sharing some disturbing economic numbers from the United States, including record high, not just home rents, but also mortgage payments, upwards of $2,700, $2,800 a month. Nearly $30,000 per year. 33-something thousand, yeah, basically. Uh, just to live in a place that you can, quote-unquote, call your own. Of course, that doesn't necessarily include that you're going to have to keep paying property taxes if you, if you ever get to the point of paying that mortgage off. Uh, so we can come back around because there's a little bit more to that particular story. Also, what's going on with the banks right now? There's some good-slash-bad news, depending on your perspective. And Peakless Mountaineer's got that story uh, here tonight. But let's go back to your phone calls and thoughts with Major Payne starting things out here this hour. Uh, Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Yeah, um, I can't remember what his name is, Volinsky or Bolinsky or something, the head of the Wagner Group. 
Uh, no, it was something else. Pr- Prilotsky or something like that. Prilotsin, something like that. It's it's hard to remember them whole alphabet names sometimes. Yeah, what about him? Well, anyway, He's dead. they blew his plane out of the air the other day. Yeah, they did. And, of course, of course, Moscow's denying any responsibility. Hmm. But the twist is I heard a little more in-depth interview about it, and they were claiming that uh, in the last few whiles here, the Ukrainians have been courting them to come fight for the Ukrainians. So hmm. I think I think when uh, – you remember when he led the march on Moscow and they made a deal at the wall somehow? Yep. That's right. Everything was supposed to be hunky dory between him and uh, Putin, right? Yeah, it turned out well, that you know, uh, that was just a delaying tactic, and they you know, shot his plane out of the sky. Pergotion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, something like Putin that. Yeah, he's not going to honor it. So, of course not. I mean, we're talking that. about thugs here. So the Ukrainians yeah, are uh, thugs. The Russians are thugs. The U.S. government people—they're all thugs. All these people in the governments all around the world are all thugs. You cannot believe a word that they say. They will not honor their agreements. You can pretty much count on that. Uh, I mean, the moment this guy turned against Putin, it was it, it was curtain f- uh, for him, unless he was successful, unless mm. he successfully overthrew Putin. And even then, there would be people after him right. uh, at that point. I suspect he called it off because Putin said, we have your daughter, we will kill her, or something, you know, some mm. something like that, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's some sort of pressure they put on this guy. Honestly, I think that it is a fool's errand trying to figure out what is going on during an active war zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally have some of the most well-funded intelligence organizations on the planet, both intentionally putting out disinformation in all directions about everything. <laughs> right. So the idea that you, from your couch, are going to figure out what is going on <laughs> in the fog of war good luck good luck and that also applies to the politics right we're seeing now i i don't know about you guys but i am tired and sick uh, to my stomach of seeing supposed libertarians all jockeying for position and and announcing who their preferred candidate is for president and they're picking uh, people who are known liars Mm. Of course they are. People who are for violence. Right. People who advocate. like They, they promise when they get in, I'm going to do X, which involves violence. Yeah, it's, you're so great on this and absolutely abysmal on this. You're so great on that well, even, and terrible at this. Even if, even if you believe what they tell you, they rarely fulfill any of the promises. If of ever. course. Thank you, Major Payne, for the call tonight. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Our number here, by the way, if you want to join the show, 603-283-6160. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, there's a, a, a new music band out of Albuquerque, and then they named themselves uh, uh, Red Light Cameras. I... <laughs> really? Uh, Did you find yourself a new favorite you know, band there, Sarah? I think so. Really? You know, I I am not into music or concerts or anything like that. Are but... you going to go see them? Because they can see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know something? Uh, well, they were actually on the news. I mean, Why? they actually made it on the local channel um, for news for their musical abilities. Now, wait a minute. Then, Just to clarify, are they in favor of red light cameras or are they against the red light cameras? Well, you know, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm curious because out of all the names to pick, why did they red got red light cameras? What, what does it have to do with their band? And after we got rid of the red light cameras, I, I'm trying to figure out what what it is. Are they talking about 
red light that they show on the stage? Is that what they're talking about with that beaming light? So you no. have no idea. It definitely sounds like they're talking about the red light cameras. The, the actual cameras devices. That, yeah. yeah, the cameras that will nail you for a, a red light. So you have no idea is what you're saying, uh, Sarah. You're interested and you think this is a good band without ever having... Have you even heard their music? Well, they were they were good enough where they made it on the news. They got but did they play their attention. music? I never heard their music. I, How can, I just saw them. Why are you so I, excited I about them then? I mean, like, what is it that's Because they're named after her favorite thing, Ian. <laughs> but they may not be in favor of that thing. Well, sure, but they, hey, no new, like, there's no such thing as bad press. I mean, mm-hmm. think of your yeah. favorite thing, and if there's a band named after it, even <laughs> if they're just out there making fun of it, at least they're getting the word out. Well, that's the whole point. You know, my whole point is that they are my favorite band just because of the name. Maybe <laughs> we could, we, I mean, we could bring it back and resurrect it. it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that's one of the most shallow things I think I've ever heard someone say, but there it is. Thanks for the call tonight. I, and I'm looking at their website here. Yeah, I don't I, see anything. I just anything. found it too, and it's they're a show-stopping rock band. Show-stopping. powerhouse vocalist. You know, yeah. does it, it doesn't, does doesn't it have any like, opinion. Yeah. There's no news about you know why they decided to name the well, band what they did. Okay, so uh, as you because can imagine. it's hardcore, Ian. As, as a fan of band names, I've looked into this. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the most successful band names are something that's already a household term. Okay. Right. So this is a good choice as a band for them for a band name, regardless of whether it means something to them or not. They were just probably sitting around going, "Hey, somebody online, you know, they you know read up or somebody you know some experience was like they say you're supposed to name yourself after something that exists already." <laughs> So mm. we'll call ourselves red light cameras. Mm. They were smoking a big dube while they uh, figured it out. Right? Yeah, or they were like sitting Whoa. at a at a stop after the, after they got baked, right? And like they at saw a red light. and they saw the red light camera. The, oh look, man, it's a red light camera. Hey, that's what we should call ourselves, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know? Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you mention red light cameras, people pay attention. Uh, I'm just looking here at the, some of the pictures that, that they got a chick singer. She looks like she's really belting it out in one of these images. I, I, I'm curious. She's got Sarah has piqued my curiosity. Now I got to know what these guys sound. The like. songs are catchy. The hooks <laughs> infectious and the beats will have you bouncing according to their website. Wouldn't that be great if you and Sarah both had the same new favorite band? Her because of the name, doubt. you because of the content. I, I highly doubt these will be my favorite band. I don't even think I have a favorite band. Uh, but anyway, mm. the number here, if you want to join the show, 603-283-6160. Uh, you can bring up anything you want. Maybe we'll play a, a little bit of it. We'll just see how the red light cameras are. Probably not listen to it first. Yeah. You, know, you don't want you you to go sight first. unseen, see if they're just belting out the F word I mean, and uh, the I, S word. See if they had some like Carlin-inspired lyrics there. Uh-huh. Like F the red light cameras is <laughs> their, their number one hit. <laughs> Yeah, you might, take I your mean, red light camera and <laughs> shove it. That, that kind of thing. These would be good, yeah, song titles. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I might be more inclined to listen to them should those be their song titles, but I don't see that as the case. Uh, all right, well, you can bring up anything you want here on Free Talk Live. We were talking about the economic situation that people are having to deal with, the reality of making ends meet and having to pay 
all of the things that you have to pay in order to live the life you want to live. And right now it's getting harder than it ever has been, especially for people with, uh, you know, single parents with kids. It's probably harder than uh, than ever. A lot of them are looking at moving back in with parents, uh, you know, taking on roommates, doing what they can to lower costs of living. Because as we were pointing out earlier, even though you may be making more money, quote unquote, you're uh, hourly pay has gone up. It used to be $10 an hour. Now it's $15 an hour. That's 50% more. But is it buying you 50% more? Is it buying you actually less than what $10 an hour used to buy you in 2018 or 2019? No, it's not because most of the U.S. dollars in existence came into existence since 2020. Is it most of them now? Yeah. Okay. I'd heard 30 to 40% before, but it uh, wouldn't surprise me. If it no, was that, that was in one shot Okay. in 2020. was like 30% or something like that. Wow. But because it's 2023 now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, it's not like they turned the printer off. Mm. Well, well, actually, no, they, they, they literally put it into reverse. They're trying to deflate, no, they, right? Like the M2 money supplies... Uh, which is like, you know, basically it's like the, your savings account and that sort of thing counts toward M2 but not mm-hmm. M1. Right. So, like, it, it's a pretty decent metric for it. So, M2 money supplies have been going down yeah, for the they, first time since the Great Depression. Wow. But, but they removed the uh, the requirement for fractional reserve banking. Yeah. It's it just well, so no reserve banking now. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, all of the banks are totally freaked out right now because pretty much all of them did this same stupid, stupid thing where they're like, hey, I'm sure that the the, the federal funds rate will never be above 0%. So let's just make these 30-year loans so that we can get a good price as long as they stay at 0% forever. So there are all of these banks that, like, they don't, they don't want to, they're walking on eggshells. They do not want to draw attention to themselves. So they are being very careful not to make any more loans than they have to. And it is causing Mm -hmm. a credit crunch. I mean, you can web search that if you want, but it is all over the place. A credit crunch is starting to happen, and a big credit crunch seems to be coming down the pipe. Well, and the costs of everything continue to go up. Yeah. Yes. And, And a lot of this money... It isn't actually in the economy. It's uh, it's being held at the uh, in the uh, reverse repo rate is what they pay the banks for holding all of this money at the Federal Reserve. That way, it never even enters the financial wait, wait. sector. So, in the let same way, in the world. same way, government subsidizes farmers not to grow a thing. Mm-hmm. You're telling me the government is subsidizing banks not to release money? Correct. <laughs> hmm. Meanwhile, people are racking up record credit card debt with uh, Peter St. Ange over at at Prof St. Ange, P-R-O-F-S-T-O-N-G-E, reporting that uh, there's now over a trillion dollars in credit card debt here in the United States. The average credit card debt is up 40 percent or nearly 40 percent in just the last two years. And he's got a little more to say about how people are having a tough time. Here it is. Hi. Of course, those balances are running at 24 percent interest. Yes, most mafias charge less. He's talking about credit card balances. Which puts millions of Americans on a treadmill running at this point very fast. Keep in mind, there's another 3.5 trillion in untapped credit lines. So this hole can get a whole lot deeper and that 24 percent treadmill a whole lot faster. Meanwhile, of course, we've got these student loans, which are set to resume in October. They're over 9% of all consumer debt in the U.S., and by one estimate, they could knock $100 billion off annual consumer spending. 
to feed all that debt, Americans are now running. I presume that means that they'll be paying their loans instead of spending the money on other things. I think that's what he means by the hundred billion there down their savings at historic rates. The personal savings rate is now under 5%. That's about half what it was pre-pandemic when it was already pathetically low. So personal savings rate, that sounds to me like the person, the average number of what somebody is able to put away Mm -hmm. uh, after any given paycheck or something like that. What's 5% of 70 grand? Uh, $3,500. There you go. There you go. That's what what 5%... Somebody making seventy grand a year looks like, and we know that most people have no savings. They're not doing yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, most people can't put their hands on five hundred dollars if they need to. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, what happened? So uh, there was the lockdown, and then they handed out all of this money, mm-hmm. but we were still locked down, so people couldn't spend all of this money. So there's this massive surge in savings. A uh, lot of money flowed into Bitcoin. A lot of it flowed into stocks, and all of this. Uh, then we're allowed to spend all of our money. So people did a bunch of what they call revenge spending. So they have all these savings. So savings just plummeted, went absolutely through the floor. But you have all of that money rushing into the economy. That drives all the prices up. But our money, we're not getting any more of these nice little like $600 checks from the government. So now we have no savings. Oh, Everyone's no, no. put if everything on their credit cards. Didn't you hear if you were in Maui and your home got destroyed, they're going to give you 700 bucks? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. I mean, that's what a house costs, right? <laughs> it's not even a Sorry, month's rent. Sorry, going a little rain man here. <laughs> it's barely going to pay your gasoline bill on your car this month. Well, well don't but. worry, Ian. The government promised that they would step in and buy all of that land. Oh, did they? Yeah. I heard something about that. Yeah. So the gonna... federal or the state? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the federal doesn't have any money. They sent it all to Ukraine. So. Mm. Oh, well, I heard that all Hawaii needs to do is identify as Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> that's all <laughs> And, and then they'll get a bunch of money. <laughs> there we go. And maybe need, some weapons, too. Man, they just need the new flag, that's all. The new Hawaiian oh, state flag. How come nobody's changed their their uh, social media profile picture to the Hawaiian flag? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Where's What's the solidarity? Yeah. Where's the solidarity? Right. That, I mean, you would think that uh, U.S.-based people who have mm-hmm. changed their profile picture to the Ukrainian flag would have the same, if not more, sympathy for one of the United States Right? I, I guess not. Well, but if we pour a bunch of money into Hawaii, how are they supposed to re-bribe the politicians? Mm. So it's so it's all just fake? Yeah. All, yeah. all this caring about yeah, Ukraine no, the whole... with the whole flags, it's just... Yeah, what, no, it's uh, no, it's one hundred percent money laundering, and always has been. Uh, the like, if you look into uh, Sam Bankman Fried, no, I'm looking his, for the like, term gaslighting, like or gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, that's like, the term. Oh well, yeah, I spent I sent forty million dollars to Democrats officially, and another forty million dollars to Republicans unofficially because <laughs> I don't want to face that kind of flack. But they know who gave it to them. Right. Yeah, this whole thing has been from top to bottom money laundering mm-hmm. so you send all of this money to ukraine and make sure that almost a hundred percent of it goes back to american companies to buy all the things they need for construction and war efforts yeah i uh, i advocate to not save in u.s dollars at this point i'm mm. not an economist i'm not mm-hmm. a lawyer but uh, it seems to me that's a really dumb thing to do now the writing's oh, on yeah. the wall uh, because uh, you know uh, let's just say you save you know even five percent of your income mm-hmm. uh, in actual dollars you don't put it in a bank because you don't like banks or whatever it is you put it under the mattress or in yep. a safe or something uh, in 10 years 
that money is going to be worth less than it is now. Fact. Mm-hmm. So what you, in my mind... How much less my, is really the only question. Right. In my mind, the right thing to do is to take that and put it into something that won't lose its value over yeah. time. Uh, gold, silver. Now, there's no guarantees, Captain. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with I, the again. I'm not of an attorney, things. and I'm not an economist. Yeah. I'm just saying it seems can't to me promise that but seems to me could. from a regular guy perspective yeah, that if not I financial want, advice, but right, that if I want you know me, if I want my savings to be worth something, like we know historically that uh, in uh, in the 1900s, early 1900s, that you know, one ounce of gold mm-hmm. could buy you a really nice tailored suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, that same one ounce of gold today can buy you a really nice tailored suit. So, like you know, there are things that you can look at from history that suggest what the best places to put your savings might be, Mm -hmm. so that they don't depreciate, or at least as much. Yeah, and I think the the time period in history that is very telling of what we are headed into, very probably, is if you look at the collapse of the USSR. So if you think, okay, well, if you had this many dollars in USSR, well, how'd that go? Okay, well, if you had this in, you know, USSR companies stock, mm-hmm. how did that go? Right. Okay, so what you really want, what I would, what I think is the smart idea. Sure, have uh, your local currency enough for an emergency. Like, that's just a right. great idea. Yep. Have just enough set aside for if there's an emergency, you, you will be okay. Everything else, I think the most important thing is to avoid counterparty risk. So I don't I don't think keeping it in a bank is a good idea. I don't think keeping it in a money market fund is a good idea. I don't think keeping it in stocks, in bonds. Or, Bitcoin exchange? Yeah, a Bitcoin no. exchange, any kind of custodied You're uh, saying Bitcoin where someone deal. else has control over exactly. your, your assets. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If, if they come out with a Bitcoin spot ETF, I Forget still it. think that is a terrible yeah. idea because you are trusting mm-hmm. that they will not run off with your value about, and if you uh, look at chaotic times that is what always happens mm. what about real estate how do you feel about that i think that's still risky honestly and and the fact of the matter is that we are entering a, a potential time where all of the the monetary premium is what it's called so like as you pointed out dollars is a terrible savings like they are not right. good for savings so all Just of that ask the argentinians right right exactly right exactly so all of that all of that saving power had to go somewhere so a massive mm-hmm. amount of it went into the stock market uh, a lot of it went into the bond market and the treasuries and all of that and a huge huge amount of it especially in like china uh, mm-hmm. went into real estate but now you've got the commercial real estate coming crash happening mm-hmm. crash we're seeing it essentially happening as we speak potentially exactly. like a huge wall of what is it trillions of dollars in, mm-hmm. in real estate or one and a half trillion or something in real estate commercial real estate yeah. is coming due and these people are like at 40 percent or 50 percent capacity and they're not mm-hmm. going to be able to pay uh the debts that they've incurred and that's going to result in huge crashes probably in retail prior in, in uh commercial pricing when is the next residential real estate crash going to come because oh i wouldn't expect that for a very long time why because all of the indicators are showing all kinds of economic difficulties if you can't afford to buy a house why is someone going to be able to get away with selling it for the prices they're asking because everyone fights the last war 
So right now, what the entire financial world is prepared for is the last crash. Everything is set up to make sure that what happened last time doesn't happen this time. So there's a tremendous amount Even though some of the same of, economic indicators are flashing yep. or have been surpassed. Yep. Yeah, so uh, there's, you know, uh, there are options and puts and insurance and all sorts of wacky-dacky little things that are put over here. And, oh, we've got this contract for this, this contract for this. We've got this plan if this happens, this happens. That's what they're prepared for is what happened last time. Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen? It'll be the last thing that happens. You think so? You're going to hmm. see a commercial real estate crash long before you see a, a residential one. You're going to see a credit crunch. What's it take to put a shower in in a, a commercial real estate property? Because at this point, <laughs> you might be able to snag one of those things up right. and well, uh, retrofit it. You yeah. see, first, Ian, you got to go get permission oh, from yeah. the zoning mm-hmm. board right. to convert right. the commercial space Which they'll never into do. a residential space. They then will never allow. And they We'll also send the fire department to check to make sure that you're not living in your industrial or commercial zones. Fact. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, yeah. there used to be something called a live workspace. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, Guar, the metal band. This is how they came about. They were they were occupying uh, this live workspace. It was a it was an artist. Uh, we'll call it a commune. I don't know what else to call it. Collective, collective. if you will. Uh, and it was a bunch of artists who wanted to do their art, but yep. also wanted to live. And so they would just pay one fee instead of having to rent an apartment and then rent a separate space right, to go right. do their art. Yeah, and if you see all of that that value moving into, say, a BRICS gold-backed currency gold or just into Bitcoin, then you're going to see that value leaving real estate, which means that it will actually be worth what it's really worth instead of the elevated prices that we see right now. The number here is 603-283-6160. You can, of course, bring up what you want. You can weigh in on this discussion or whatever on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and we have determined that we are not going to share the Better Off, or whatever, that's the name of the song, by the Red Light Cameras. To be fair, we only listened to an excerpt of one song, but... Uh, yeah, it didn't get me uh, interested or excited at the all. The music critic in me is like, mm, okay. Pretty dull, pretty uninteresting. One of the mill. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Pretty standard, like what you would expect to hear if you were just in some random bar. That's what you're going to be hearing from the red light cameras, the band that uh, Sarah was so excited about, even though she's never heard a single note of what they have played. So we did hear a few notes and that was enough. Yeah. Bar yeah. band. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much. Uh, the number, if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160 with you tonight. It's Ian. Bigless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. We're talking about alternatives to the dollar. I uh, want to get into Argentina if we get the chance. The banking news as well. We've been talking and about... I got to say, that is a risky name if you want to be a bar band. What red light if cameras? people start taking out their aggression on red light cameras <laughs> with you? You could right. name your band uh, Radar Detector or <laughs> or Breathalyzer. Mm. That'd be a metal band. Thanks for coming out. We <laughs> are Breathalyzer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Wait, would they be a dry show? Uh, no, mm. actually, it would be a show where like they won't play the next song until somebody comes up and blows over the legal limit. <laughs> That's hey, what I would do if I were Hey, there. how about that new band, Breathalyzer? Yeah, they blow. <laughs> Dash is digital cash. It is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending, and that is something they're really good at. A lot of cryptos, they don't care at all about being spent. Um, Dash has focused on that for a very long time. They're one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there. And unfortunately, due to government meddling, the Dash Direct program shut down in mid-July. However, 
they weren't the only provider of discounted gift cards for Dash. In fact, BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years, and they have a ton of big-name retailers and brands under their system. You can go and get groceries through BitRefill.com. You can get a grocery card, gas station cards, phone refill cards, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. You could actually live off of your Dash using BitRefill.com. Plus, many of their gift cards come with a discount. Thanks, by the way, to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. It's easy to get Dash. It's easy to use it. It's one of the oldest cryptos, and it's widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol. Mm -hmm. So if you're ready to try out decentralized exchanges, they do exist now. It's a thing, and Maya is like... The second one out there, it's basically a fork of the ThorChain, a friendly fork of the ThorChain protocol. And the first one, uh, the first crypto they added after their launch was Dash. So be sure you check that out. It's a way for you to swap your Bitcoin or your Ethereum that you already have and turn it into Dash or the reverse if that's uh, if that's what you want to do. But of course, Dash is way more useful for actually spending on things. So check it out at Dash.org. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hi, my name is Angela. Angela, you're on the air. Where are you calling from tonight? Calling from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Welcome. Listening to WRNN-FM. Go ahead, Angela. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to make a comment. You guys were talking a little while ago about um, how uh, bad things were being done and being covered up, especially like corrections officers. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to briefly... Back in 2007, I was incarcerated in FCI Tallahassee, Tallahassee, Florida. Oof. And there was a situation where there were some officers that were involved with sex for trade. And oh they hid it for a very long time. Sex, just to until, clarify, you when you say sex for trade, you mean the guards were willing to have sex with the inmates? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you can Google this. You can Google this. In oh, I believe it. Um, Are they they, male guards uh, or female guards? Male guards. Okay, got it. And uh, there was like five or six involved, and it was covered up, and they were moved around, and a lot of stuff was changed because there's a male facility there, too. So, like, they could move them and get them away from the girls to try to maneuver and stuff. But anyway, basically what happened was they uh, didn't allow the officers to have any guns, so... They informed one of the main officers that he was getting ready to be uh, given his um, indictment that that next day at work. They were coming to serve him the next day. Mm -hmm. Well, he brought a weapon in, and he killed the man from the attorney general's office, and the attorney general's (laughs) officer shot him, like, simultaneously. They shot him. Whoa. Another lieutenant was shot through and through in his sides through all the way through his body. And, um... Damn. They ended up finding out that the guy that, that the attorney general office killed that was getting ready to be served. What exactly? I mean, eight. while you were in there, did you catch wind of what the trade was? Like, I'm trying to figure out exactly. Perfume. Huh? Per- the perfume, uh, ink pens. Oh. Because um, I was like, why would the. What what exactly was the deal here? So you're saying the girls wanted perfume. The guard said, "Yeah, I can but, get but you that." Just, it was, but it's going to cost you. Know, perfume, you. Money, he, he was putting money on their books. This one particular one that was killed. He was putting money on their books. Ah, the commissary and fund. They mm-hmm. back, 
knew him. They actually tracked it back to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if y'all, if y'all decide you want to Google it, 2007, FCI Tallahassee, um, it's very interesting. Yeah, no doubt. So this one guy, he killed a attorney general or an assistant attorney general, and they took him out. Um, how many what other officers officer? were what involved? How many, how many that you know of were involved in this uh, sex for trade? I know six for sure. Wow, six for sure. And um, the one was killed, but it wasn't the attorney general. It was like officers for the attorney general's office that came in to serve the warrant, thinking they would be, you know, everybody would be safe. There wasn't any guns allowed, you know, on the job. Yeah. And the guy's lawyer had warned him they were coming, and he had a, a gun. Where would they off. go? I mean, you you were in this facility, so you know a thing or two about where things <laughs> were. Like, was there like a broom <laughs> closet or something where there was no cameras, no, and sir. they would just slip in there? Like, where would they go? It's, it's, well, it was, at, it was down at the men's facility, and so I don't know the specifics. Of, you know, they were coming into the main entrance uh-huh. to serve him a warrant. No, 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 but where was the sex going on? That's what I'm curious about. Like, what did they... Oh, they would come and pull them out. They would come and pull it, pull girls out at night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the officer tells you to do something, you have to do it. Right. And, and, and I then, actually witnessed this myself. And then take them but, where um, to do the you deed? Know, I mean, you know, like... There's cameras all over these right. facilities, I know, generally. I know for a fact that they would bring in the FBI with dogs hunting for body fluids in the officer's office but Gross. you know i mean i, I don't know the specifics you <laughs> well plus if there's six of them Google. think about this if there's six of them there's a good chance the guy running the cameras is in on it right so they'd be like hey billy just oh, you know so. yeah you know sh- turn off the cameras so, in the rec room we're gonna yeah. bring in you know this hussy in there and you can join us or whatever right well to be honest with you before this happened there wasn't a lot of cameras Except on the exterior of the buildings. Right. That's a and good point. Some of the older facilities had have haven't been retrofitted or hadn't been retrofitted right. with these cameras. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean it it was actually really, really crazy. We were on lockdown for about a week. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the FBI was in there, dogs were in there. It was it was really crazy and some of the officers like I, I was there for a good while. How often were there fights in your uh, in your cell block? Uh, well, honestly, this was not like a cell block. It is based like a dormitory uh-huh. with cubicles. Uh, oh, some of the so dorms were two girls to a cube, and some was four girls to a cube. So the access to each other was real easy. Was constant, um, constant. You were in the same large room with 40, 50 women, something yeah. like that? No, probably about 125 people. Oh, my God. Wow, that's a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, yeah man. Because I know that when I was in jail in Cheshire County, this was a de- you know a decade ago for civil disobedience. There was never any fight in the the block that I was in the uh, the, the workers block or whatever the R block, but the F yeah. block, the female block, was where all almost all right. of the calls w- went to as far as they would they would radio code three, and then people would the uh, guard. There was usually two guards on in the in the block. One guard would leave to go to respond. So, like a guard from every block would go to the F block where two women were fighting. It was more women were were having fights in this facility than any of the the male blocks, and it was only a quarter of the whole facility. 
in all honesty, my opinion was that the majority of the fights that went on was girls over girls. That's what I'm. That's what I was thinking too. Hey, uh, thanks yeah. for sharing the story yeah. tonight. So it's crazy, You're but more probably than welcome, man. Yeah. Look it up. Hey, thank you, Angela. Oh no, I believe you. <laughs> no, no need to check your story. Totally. You. Thanks for the call. Right, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, the good news here, though, is that one government scumbag took out another government scumbag, <laughs> or they both took each other out. One yeah, of the things I, that, that warms my heart is when, story. is when government on government violence, you know, yeah, 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 when they sort of battle each other and it results in less government. Yeah, this is why I'm really enjoying watching the World Economic Forum go toe-to-toe with the Fed. Mm. I really want to see both of these organizations be destroyed. And if they can weaken each other, at least, in the process, it's that's a win. awesome. Yeah, that's something. Uh, we've been talking about economic things. You're welcome to weigh in on whatever you want. Thank you, Angela. It was a very interesting call and probably more common than most people yeah. realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. It just has to do with the nature of power. Yeah. I mean, these are these are men who have power over women and a lot of men have a high sex drive and they're willing to have sex with female inmates which if you've ever seen and, some of them they're not the and most a attractive. lot of people have their sex drive tied up in their sense of power mm, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure right. for sure yeah. and, and it's almost any port like in a storm corrupts mm-hmm. yeah. any any port in a storm right some <laughs> guys mm-hmm. what yeah. they say uh so we've been playing this peter st Ange clip i'm going to keep it going here because he's wrapping up a lot of different economic indicators that are affecting <laughs> uh that'd be pretty cool but no uh that are affecting a lot of people right now in the u.s like the fact that rents are record high and mortgages are at like 28 29 or 2700 a month one trillion in credit card debt another record high we continue the federal reserve now estimates americans are running through savings at about 100 billion per month and have already run down 1.9 of the 2.1 trillion that people built up during the pandemic meaning all those excess savings could be gone Mm. in a few more months That has been one of the main things holding back the full recession, keeping it as a rolling recession that hits the working and middle class, but not the wealthy. Surprisingly, even mortgage delinquencies are now soaring. Surprising since most Americans still have a 3 or 4% mortgage. So that means people aren't paying their mortgages on time. Right. Right? Right. That's what a mortgage delinquency is. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm wondering what his criteria for the wealthy is. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good well, question. I I don't know either. That's yeah. why I'm asking. I just I, I hear this frequently from economists, and like it's never really clearly defined. Like if you make over X, if you have you know over X amount of assets, if you, you it know, used to be seventy five thousand was considered rich, but I don't think that's probably true anymore. My suspicion would be that it's uh, so called qualified investors, which is uh, a lot of wealthy. Like it's I like a million dollars in savings, like a million dollars or more. Yeah. Or assets or whatever. Yeah, in order to be a qualified investor. That would be my first guess as to what he considers the wealthy. Okay, going on. And that is going to get a lot worse with new buyers coming in at 7.5% mortgages, <sighs> meaning a $2,600 monthly payment for the median house. In effect, the Fed has made America into a two-tier economy where anybody lucky enough to own financial assets or perhaps a house is sitting pretty while the young and working class are wrecked. So boomers are fine. Everybody else is screwed. So what is next? Watch for delinquencies and defaults, especially on mortgages. Both were driven down artificially during the pandemic by 
trillions in government handouts and government-mandated forbearance, but both are now rising fast and have already given back the entire pandemic dip. Now, this comes back to what we were talking about earlier, Peakless, where you're predicting that the last thing to go down oh, yeah. is going to be the the real estate uh, residential housing market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're seeing a bunch of defaults... Yeah, but then- here's the thing. You're seeing a bunch of defaults that are already starting in the commercial real estate He's market. talking about residential. Yeah, he's talking residential, but we are already seeing the beginning of the massive defaults in the in the commercial real estate. Right, and those buildings are going for half price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they're down like $1.2 trillion on unpaid commercial real estate. That's already happened. Those things and are going to get auctioned. And this is the beginning. So, like, yeah. the commercial real estate is going to happen a lot faster because okay. it's already happening. Right. And honestly, one of the biggest things that happened in 2008 is that the credit rating companies suddenly decided to be honest. They ha- they faced enough direct pressure that they started actually doing what they said they were already doing and rating things down when they when they were a credit risk. He's pretty much done with this uh, clip here, so let's right. talk so, about that. So I think that this time they've they've you know they've finagled it, they've finessed it in just such a way that you're not going to see the credit ratings agencies ever become honest. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. They started actually telling the truth about what's on the books and. That's part of what collapsed everything in 2008. I think this time they have the the they have the reinforcement in place so that that particular event doesn't occur. So the credit ratings agencies will not give an honest uh, accounting of how bad of a credit risk all of these uh, residential mortgages are. I thought you said they are now being honest. Uh, not, not, not as far as I know. No, okay. I, I thought that's what you were saying. No, so the, the, so the credit rating agencies, they will be honest about the banks. Mm-hmm. They will be honest about the, uh, the commercial real estate mm-hmm. because that's not the deal that they made. They've made these backroom deals. You're saying they wouldn't hey, be honest about. Last time that you told everyone the truth about the mortgages, we had this happen. What do we need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. So they've probably made these agreements to make sure that they're never honest about that again. But it doesn't matter. They're going to be honest about this over here, and the entire thing is a house of cards. So, I mean, that will come down, but it'll probably be the last thing mm. to come down. The question is when then, right? Right. Okay. Now, you were talking about these ratings. There's some news that you mm-hmm. wanted to share about that tonight where... They are being honest. They are rating right. banks. They're lowering their ratings, their mm-hmm. creditworthiness, right? And that they also we also reported a few weeks ago about I forget what it what it was, but some big group uh, Fitch Fitch had yeah, reduced yeah. the U.S. government's rating. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Fitch, uh, so in the 2008 uh, uh, financial crisis uh, is when I think it was uh, uh, S&P had reduced the U.S. government rating. And of course, wouldn't you know it, the CEO was very quickly fired. Uh, But they still have to, you know, they have to save face and be like, no, we stand by our decision to do this. Mm -hmm. But the other two were still giving the the AAA plus rating, right? Fitch and Moody's or whatever? Yeah, so it's like Fitch, Moody's, and Standard & Poor's. Okay. Those are the big three. Those are the ones everyone listens to. So uh, it was. So one of them in 2008 said, "Yeah, we see what's coming down the pike. We see how corrupt all of this actually is. Like th- this is rotten to its core. We are going to bring you down to a double A." Okay. And they from triple A, right? From triple A. 
But that was fine because you still had two out of three of the big guys saying that, no, no, this is absolutely top-tier creditworthiness. We don't know what they're talking about over there at S&P. Exactly. Exactly. But now you have Fitch saying, uh, oh, you were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, no. I mean, it was it was fine back then, but right. now. Now it's a serious now problem. Now it's a serious problem. What with all the money printing and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. now it's a serious problem. But, the but thing not that is, serious. I mean, it's only double A. That's not a bad thing, right? Well, yes. Two actually. A sounds like it's twice as good as an A. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, it was triple A. Yeah, it used okay. to be a triple A plus a triple A rating. Now it's double A plus. Okay, but that's the thing. When it's two out of three that are saying it's been downgraded, mm-hmm. then people have to acknowledge that it has been downgraded. Whereas for between two thousand eight and now, they could just ignore it and listen to the other two. It's like, oh well, two mm-hmm. out of three. Wait, is it two out of three now? I thought it was just a Fitch. Right, exactly. So it used to be that two out of three. So Fitch just downgraded the U.S. credit rate. Right. So up until they did, uh, up until their choice to do that, every financial company in the world could just ignore that one of the big three had done this because, mm-hmm. hey, two out of three still agree that this is top level. But wait, didn't S and P increase it back to triple A nope. after they fired that guy? Nope. No. Nope. So S and P's rating's been double A since two thousand eight for the U.S. government. I see that detail I did not know. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. No, he got fired because they want to send a message not to do this. Don't rock the boat, guys. You're ruining our scam. See, I just figured the other guy that came in would be like, okay, we'll bring it back. No. Okay. No, no. They went with, they, they clearly decided that they would rather uh, save face for the company and say, no, that was the right decision. And wow. we fired him for completely other reasons unrelated right. to Right. Yeah. He touched the secretary or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was, it had nothing right. to do with this. We weren't punishing him for rocking the boat we mm. were no it was this other okay. thing all right but, but they kept the the double a plus rating and the rating essentially means that the these agencies opinion mm-hmm. is that the u.s federal government is a little less likely to honor its debts than it was previously right exactly so it used to be a sure thing if you took out a treasury with the u.s government come time for the payment on that treasury bond they're gonna pay it yeah and a a big part of this or are they a huge part of this has to do with how how the the political landscape has changed because the the two parties were a lot better at working together to screw the common man mm-hmm. and that is what these credit rating agencies relied on but now they're making a big deal out of their yearly uh, uh suspension of the ceiling Every year they have to either suspend or enhance or whatever right. the, the debt ceiling. But now they're making a bigger and bigger and bigger show out of it, which is making people a lot more nervous mm. that they won't do it next year. That one party or the other in order to gain revenge. Do. Maybe. You maybe think that's not. what spooked these guys? The, oh, absolutely. Uh, the Fitch people? Absolutely. Or is there something else that they I, I think that is to. absolutely the biggest reason that it spooked the Fitch people mm. was that they're like, I don't know if the Republicans and Democrats can agree to screw people in the exact same way this year. And since, I mean, there's a 99% chance, but there's not mm-hmm. a 100% chance. Mm. So we're going to bring you down from AAA to AA+. Plus. Got it. There's still that AA plus chance that you'll screw everyone in the same way, but not 100. Hmm. It's going to be really nice when there's no more central banks and no more commercial banks yeah. that, that are tied into the Federal Reserve System. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and when, all, soon enough. When, when all of your banking can just be done on an app on your magic rectangle. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but speaking of the banks, mm-hmm. that's something else you had, right? In the same category. Yeah, this from uh, this from Reuters. Shares of U.S. banks drop after S and P downgrades some ratings. So yeah, the uh, so Fitch brings the U.S. Uh, the U.S. rating. And now, because these are U.S. companies, it working pr- almost exclusively with U.S. dollars and pricing everything in U.S. dollars, okay, well, now we have to re-examine, oh, uh-oh, looks like you did the same thing as all these banks we had to shut down, where you put way too much into these 30-year loans, mm-hmm. just expecting that the rates will never go above 0%. S&P being standard and poor is yeah, for these exactly. acronymically uh, deficient. Mm-hmm. Good point. Acronyms are terrible. I love them, but, you know, not everybody gets them. <laughs> so, so yeah, you have – so now they have to start downgrading the individual banks as a result of two out of three of the big guys saying, hey, mm. the country is not 100% certain. So now that lends doubt on all of the banks that are founded on the credit rating of the U.S. Okay. So, uh, so a bunch of these banks have been downgraded already, and both Fitch and S and P have announced that they are looking into the possibility of downgrading the big boys. We're really? talking J.P. Morgan Chase. We're talking Wells Fargo, Bank of America. Those are the ones that they are starting to look at. Can we leave the, them with the AAA rating or not? Hmm. And that might not sound like a big deal. But here's the thing. By law, there are requirements of whether or not this is a creditable institution. Mm -hmm. And if it's not a creditable institution, you are not legally allowed to put certain investments in it. You are not Mm. allowed to have your retirement plan B in uh, in J.P. Morgan Chase if it doesn't have this AAA rating Mm -hmm. in order to have this contract. So, Even if it has a double A, that's not good enough? Exactly. So that brings them down from investment-grade products. Uh-huh. They are no longer investment-grade products, and all of those retirement funds have to go somewhere else. Why do you think they're saying they are looking into it instead of just doing it, instead Honestly, of just announcing the downgrade? It's a very good question. There seems to be dissension in the ranks of control, and they are threatening each other with mutually assured destruction. Yay! Yay! All right. The number is 603-283-6160. We got more coming up here. You can share your thoughts. Uh, U.S. Bank, I guess there's something going on with them. Losing oh, yeah. $18 Big billion. hits from bad loans. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Your calls and thoughts also welcome. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything on your mind. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Bigless Mountaineer. And the captain. We've been talking about some of uh, the bad news when it comes to the economy in the United States. Of course, if you are here, you probably already know a lot of this. You know it's harder now than ever before to make ends meet, to make the rent payment. The rents are getting record levels as well as the mortgage payments if you are as you know unlucky enough to have bought a house recently you know that the payments are really crazy anecdotally uh i moved here in 2019 Mm -hmm. from seattle washington and i was so happy 
uh, because just like, in time too. Like, yeah. like, well, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but mm-hmm. economically, because you know, a guy could go out for a beer and a shot and and some grub, and it was half price compared to the, the big right. city, right? Uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, the prices here in you know southwestern New Hampshire have now caught up to all of that. Oh, but what are the prices now in Seattle, though? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Too? I'm sure. I'm certain that they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that it only to took wait, four yeah. years for, you know, we'll say Keene, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. just for a point of reference, for the prices of like a shot. They're like, you know, $9 now for a shot. Whoa, really? Depending on where you go. Sometimes they're wow. less than that. But most of the places now, it's like 9 bucks, 10 bucks even isn't unheard <laughs> it's crazy. of. crazy. You can go buy your whole bottle of alcohol for that much, right? Uh, no. No? No, not, prices not of that days. have gone up too. Okay, yeah, Jesus. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, good luck. It's crazy. Uh, so I'm, I'm just saying that like, you know, when I got here, a guy could go out, you know, 25, 30 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, 40 to 60, mm. you know? Well, you just for, have just, to just, just, just one for you. dude, just yeah. for me. You know, well, you, you just have to look at it the right way. It's not the prices have gone up. We've just made the entire world a concert venue. <laughs> Where you expect nine dollars? Yeah, we didn't do that because uh, during peak lockdown, the only live music that I'm aware of was me and Aria and uh, Mushmouth Mike at doing fud Fest. at Fort Fest. Yeah. Playing live, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, uh musicians, if you're listening, uh, when there's a lockdown and you don't have a stage, you don't just stay home and cry about it. Make your own stage. <laughs> you right? make your own freaking stage. Right? I mean, the fact is that you can be like, hey, at this period in time, I had the largest audience in the world. And Probably it's true. true. Probably true. I and mean, hey, we might be headed for lockdown 2.0. There's a lot of talk about that right now with uh, sure some is. colleges apparently bringing back mm-hmm. mask mandates, some businesses apparently in uh, Hollywood at least bringing them back. Mm-hmm. It may just be one. I don't know. I haven't watched, looked at all the details. But. Now, I for one think that this is all just a plot to make sure that we don't end up with Biden on the same debate stage as Trump because, hey, it worked last time. Well, so far, Trump is refusing to debate uh, even the Republicans, so I don't know if he's going even debate yeah, it doesn't Biden. want to acknowledge them fair yeah, enough i mean yeah. it's a better tactic in my opinion wash them all down the toilet they're useless yeah, they're all garbage uh all right so you were sharing with us people's mm-hmm. mountaineer that apparently these credit rating agencies who mm-hmm. uh one recently reduced the credit rating of the united states federal government from triple a to double a plus that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a big deal but apparently that's a big this, deal this sounds like me trying to like I don't know, finesse my parents into thinking that, you know, a B plus was as good as an A minus. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it honestly is a lot like that. And okay. now you're talking about the big banks may be downgraded. That hasn't happened yet, though. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet, but you do see the, uh, it's strange, you see the announced threat of mm-hmm. the possibility coming from multiple credit rating agencies of downgrading the big boys. Which is just a very unusual It's a strange tactic. thing to telegraph. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't telegraph that they were reducing the U.S.'s rating before they did it. Mm-hmm. They just did it. Yeah, but what are they actually doing? Or what is actually happening there with the U.S. bank, which is one of the biggest banks in the country? It's a, more of a Midwest, Western bank, as I understand it, uh, that uh, is under some kind of financial trouble. What's happening? Oh, uh, U.S. banks? Uh, suffer a night an eighteen point nine thousand million billion dollars. Oh, it's U.S. banks plural. Yes, U.S. Uh. banks. Oh, okay, because there is oh, a not, bank yeah, called right. U.S. Bank, okay. right? As well. Right. Okay, sorry. About yeah, that. U.S. banks suffer an eighteen point nine billion dollar lo- billion dollars in losses as J.P. Morgan Chase and Capital One take big hits from bad loans. 
Hmm. America's big, America- like bad commercial real estate loans or something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's those bad commercial real estate loans that they have this credit crisis going on with like one point two billion dollars that they need to collect that they ain't going to collect all of. Yeah, them. yeah. America's biggest banks are taking hits to their bottom line as soaring interest rates cause billions of dollars in loans to fall apart. J.P. Morgan Chase, Capital One, and others lost a combined $18.9 billion in the second quarter of this year hmm. due to soured wow. loans. What, what does that mean, lost? Like, oh, I put it somewhere and now I can't find it. <laughs> it, it means they gave this loan out and it ain't coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Okay. yeah they, or at least most went, of it. This is a sure bet. I'm positive that these companies can pay this. Nope. nope. So what do you do? Well, you have to repo the property, right? And then sell it off to the highest bidder right. mm-hmm. at God knows what fraction of uh, the original price. Yeah, the banks are facing... Because who the hell wants to buy an office but, building? Yeah. But but didn't this bank or these banks just sort of create the money to loan out of yes, thin they air? Did. Yes, mm. they did. So did they really lose anything? Well, well, so here's the thing. You have to keep the juggling act going. That's how this whole thing goes. In like, order as, to, so that they can print more for another loan right, on down the road. Right. I mean, it, it, it all, it, every time I research this, it reminds me of the old joke of like a guy's uh, driving down the road and, you know, every now and again he stops, goes and like bangs on the side of his big old semi truck and then he starts heading down the road again and his passenger eventually goes like, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, well... I'm only rated for 2,000 pounds, but I'm carrying pigeons. So every time we go to the weigh station, i got to make sure that half <laughs> the pigeons around. are in the air. <laughs> and honestly, that seems to be the way this whole thing is, is built. Like, oh. if any point in this process loses faith, and yes, it is absolutely a faith-based system. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as mm. soon as any part of this process loses faith, it could guess come what? Crashing down. There's, it's going to be great, right? Mm-hmm. Exa- Honestly, from our perspective, yes. The, but, but the the uh, downstream, yes, but from it will the, eventually be great. Okay, but from the bank's perspective, they were planning on these uh, monies that they lent out, which were created from thin air, mind you. Mm-hmm. But they were planning on getting it back. Plus interest, sure, yeah. right. right? And now that's not happening. Right. They booked so, that as profit. Right. They figured money. they would have that to then reinvest and then you know pay people with or whatever. And yeah. now mm-hmm. they don't. Yeah. And the thing is that of course once you've got this set up, you start making promises for all that profit that you're uh, expecting to come right. in. So then now, what? yeah, now that you have all of these promises not being fulfilled to you, you have to start breaking promises that you already made to other companies. So all of this free money that was supposed to come in is not coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. So now all this free money that other people expected is not going to get sure. them. Domino effect. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, it, it we don't know exactly when the critical mass will get hit. But at some point, more and more people will start freaking out and you end up with an avalanche effect. Uh, yes. Central banking, the largest Ponzi scheme to ever exist. Yeah. I mean, Pretty fundamentally, much. what this all comes down to is a, a little over 100 years ago, they decided that instead of having a system where this bank is allowed to fail because it was doing bad things, it was fractionally reserving, it was saying it had money it didn't have, it was making promises that it couldn't keep. So then that local bank of yours fails, Mm -hmm. and then it gets replaced. But instead of that, they went, no, that is slowing down our economy. That is slowing down our ability to steal from the people. 
So here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to put all of that risk in one big bucket. And I'm sure that that one big bucket will never fall. Well, that's the problem. Here we are. Because you took all of the risk that used to belong to different banks. And instead of it being part of the bank's risk, Mm -hmm. it is the financial system risk. Mm. So now you have the entire financial system doing exactly what people said a hundred years ago was going to happen. Like, hey, great, you've kept all of these individual banks from failing no matter how evil they are, no matter how much they screw over the population, no matter how much they lie, no matter how much they fake their books, they all get to continue existing. And, you know, there'll be all sorts of nonsense like uh, a while back, J.P. Morgan, like shortly ago, J.P. Morgan, yeah, well, sure, we paid out all of this, all of these fines for faking all of this gold that we didn't actually have but those fines were less than a tenth of what we made off of it so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and in the process we didn't have to admit any wrongdoing right. yeah. ain't that just special yeah right so meanwhile have... if you sell a bitcoin they send you to prison right <laughs> right yeah yeah well, and and honestly, I think that's the catalyst of what is causing that one big bucket to finally tip over, is you've had a, a completely nonsensical fiat system throughout the entire world, but that's the thing. It has nothing to rub up against. It has no competition. Mm-hmm. And the Until fact of the matter now. right. So you had all these other governments printing their dollars, but they didn't print them as fast as the U.S., because they knew that whatever speed limit the U.S. set... They could go faster than that and still do pretty well for themselves, what with not being the reserve currency of the world and all. So every time the U.S. got a little bit more corrupt, there was an exponential effect in every country on Earth of getting a little bit more corrupt Mm. and a little bit more corrupt. And finally, there suddenly emerges an unfakeable, unpaperoverable, unmanipulatable kind of currency. And they played every card they can. They're like, hey, we'll tame this with a futures market. That's how we tamed gold, because we have this great idea of, hey, I will sell you gold I don't have. Mm -hmm. Because up until then, you had to actually have the gold in order to give someone else a right to have that gold. But then they came out with this, oh, I've got a great idea. We'll just have it all on paper where I'll promise you the gold that I don't have. And as long as we sell it back to each other before the end of this, <laughs> then I don't ever have to have had that goal. <laughs> right. But wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden the supply goes up while the demand is the same. Yeah. So the price plummets. Down. Yeah. And the great thing about that is all of, especially the large financial institutions and the central banks of the U.S. and China and Russia get to buy up all of this incredibly cheap suppressed price gold because they know mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing. But they're doing. getting the real thing. Yes. Right? Right. They're getting actual Bars. physical mm-hmm. metal. Whereas everyone else, oh, it's, yeah, gold, yeah, I have, I have 5%. It's in your portfolio. Yeah, it's in my portfolio. I've got 5% in gold. I <laughs> can't put right. your hands on it, though. And if you ask for it, mm-hmm. then get ready to wait while they find it to possibly maybe send it to you yeah. 90 or 180 days yeah. later mm-hmm. or whenever. Yeah, and so, good yeah. luck getting the right price on that. Get the real deal and secure it yourself. Yeah, and, the best that's, idea. and that's exactly what it is, is we have had a period of extraordinary peace 
in this very corrupt financial system. There has been no rocking the boat for a very long time. And now the boat is rocking. Mm -hmm. So the thing to do, in my opinion, is get yourself away from the risk factor of other institutions. Get away from the risk of the exchanges and the banks and all of these custodians, because when the chips are down, they will run off with your money. Agreed. It happened before, it will happen again. And this time, we're not talking about just, you know, the middle of Eurasia. As big as the USSR falling was. We're not talking about just one part of the earth. We are talking about the entire global financial system will be in a meltdown. Because everything has to shift. Now, the bright side is that so far we're going at this very nice and slow. So, like... It mm-hmm. looks like it's possible the black swan that I have been concerned about, where all of a sudden Saudi Arabia sells one drop of oil for yuan, mm. and then every country on earth has to split the difference between dollars and yuan, looks like that might not be occurring because there seems to be a nice slow trickle of, well, we're going to have this oil over here for yuan, and this oil over here for rubles, and this oil over here for rupees. Right. So it gives all of these countries a chance to like slowly move away from the U.S. instead of just one massive sudden If it's shock. a race for the exits, then it would be really bad for the price of the dollar, right? Yes, exactly. So everyone is tiptoeing toward the exit of mm. the U.S. dollar reserve currency. <laughs> we don't want to spook you guys, but we're just going to go back. Yeah, the, the Homer Simpson meme right. where he's fading back into, <laughs> into the, the bushes. Bush, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely what we are seeing this, the countries of the world do. Yeah. Listening to you speak on this reminds me of... Uh, the telephone inversion, mm-hmm. right? Uh, almost like, I mean, it's eerie to me to, to hear you what speak of What is that, the inversion? So the inversion is uh, back in the day, all you had was copper. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, here comes fiber, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you remember when they had to go around neighborhoods and like upgrade from copper to fiber? And the original internet was run over the phone network. And so, yeah, the modem had to be plugged into your phone yeah. line. It made the horrible noise. Oh, yes. Right? And so now... Uh, that has all inverted, right? So now phones run over the internet. Right? That's right. Yeah, all the right. copper is gone, mm-hmm. right? With well, no, the copper is still there. Exception. There's there's copper in a few homes and mm-hmm. stuff like that for landlines, but the majority of phone traffic runs over the internet now. It's it all gets converted. Fiber. It all gets converted into digital. Runs over the internet now, uh, and so there is an inversion. And so I, based on your description, the vision in my head goes something like this: mm-hmm. in ten, twenty years from now. Uh, someone is going to attempt to make a payment and something, you know, somebody will be unfamiliar with how that payment's being made. Like, oh, that's coming from an old bank account from in the late mm. or the early 2000s. Oh, wow. A swift system and transfer. So, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. Right. Exactly. They're like, oh, we need to do a special thing to make sure that this gets converted and the payment goes through because mm. it's unusual for something this old to have come through our system, right? right. Where, where all of the banking will be inverted now and even yeah. anybody who has anything you know a relic of the old banking system mm-hmm. they might still have an account somewhere somehow but it's going to be like a newspaper company they're very mm-hmm. few very far between right you don't have to deal with them much right because they're basically dead 
right? But like somebody somewhere is going to be like, oh, sorry, Mrs. Smith, but uh, yeah, we're going to have to do this in a manual way and some tech support person will have to help them out to make their transaction Mm -hmm. go. Kind of like when you suddenly uh, have the demand for a personal check. Right. We will only accept a personal check, usually from something that never has to update its systems like a government. government. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, the... the amazing thing that, that is happening here is exactly that and what you will see happening. So massive, massive changes need to occur. Now, these can happen in one of two ways. They can either happen in a top-down, centralized way. But the problem is those are extremely corrupt, extremely inefficient. Fed now. Right. The Fed now <laughs> Fed program. Now. That's what you're the, talking about. That's the, top down right the there. The Fed now program is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BRICS currency. CBDCs. The CBDCs. So all of these top down, central centrally controlled. Currency. Yeah, central bank digital currencies. All of these top down, centrally bank, uh, centrally controlled systems. They are extremely inefficient. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to get paid off. No one's going right. to do their job until they have their piece of the pie. And it's going to take forever. And there's going to be a bunch of problems with it. Sure. On the other hand, they are competing with decentralized systems. So guess, guess whose approval we need to do this with Bitcoin? Nobody's. Guess whose approval we need to like, hey, I can put up this this way of changing the uh, decentralized autonomous organization of Dash. Nobody's. You don't need anyone's approval for that. So all of these changes can be figured out. In a decentralized way, by who knows who, oh, who and knows quickly. where, who knows and when. I don't need a bank or a government to prove that I own my property, that I'm going to use as collateral for my loan that I'm going to get, because that can all be done now by technology. Yeah, and that's one of the great parts about this, is that it eliminates the risk. Because there's always that possibility that whatever institution is either going to collapse or is going to run off with your money or screw you out over in some other way. But meanwhile, I mean, this, I, I agree with you, that's the direction things are going. But it's going to be a bumpy, ugly road. Oh, yeah, the, the fish out of water hasn't really started just yet. I mean, we saw signs of it, you know, the Crypto 6, for example, the raid here. The Tornado the Cash. Studio. Uh, these guys just, there was an arrest oh, just yeah. within the last yeah. week of these guys who have now been indicted. Another guy is still somewhere in the world. They haven't gotten their hands on yeah. him yet. But uh, one of these programmers, one was arrested last summer. They just snatched another one up this week for simply writing code yeah. that they released onto the internet that somebody who the U.S. government doesn't like, they claim the North Koreans, used this code to take some Ethereum that they hacked from somewhere mm-hmm. and uh, and mixed it up because yeah. Tornado Cash is a mixer technology. Yeah. It's a, It potentially could obscure the source and destination of uh, a certain one. cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S. federal government Treasury Department has said, this is a crime. Your free speech, that, that's what programming is. That's this is, is now a crime. You made this thing that some criminal used. So therefore, you go to prison and you go to prison and you go to prison. So anybody they can identify mm-hmm. as being involved with any decentralized technology they are under threat right now it's almost Mm -hmm. as if satoshi nakamoto gave us the blueprint for how to make this happen Mm -hmm. you mean do it anonymously yeah yeah. Do it yeah. as a well, and and now the technology has grown into DAOs. Yeah, sure. Right? So we have the ability. 
Like, they're starting to target those though now. Of course they're they saying, are. Good oh, luck the with Dow that. is the is an it's a legal entity and it can be sued and, and it can really be targeted. The, that is really the beauty of this. But situation. they can't arrest a Dow. Yeah, they can't throw a Dow in jail. They can throw the members in jail. If That's what I'm saying. If the, if, so, all of you developers out there, if you're listening, take a page from the cypherpunks. Take a page yeah. from Satoshi Nakamoto. When you're working on this stuff and you want to release it into the wild. Do it anonymous. Keep it quiet. Yeah. Do Absolutely it anonymous. Right. I mean, it's like the doubt. The the thing itself doesn't have to be quiet, but right. your, involvement your involvement with it that's does, I mean, yeah. unless you want to, you know, take that risk. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's good. That's good advice now. But a lot of these people have already been public sure. with their involvement in these things, and they are under threat. And you can't blame somebody for saying, "Hey, I did that." You know, that's that's good work. I should yeah. deserve some you credit be for proud the thing. Of your that, creation. Yeah, for the thing that I did. And who who would have thought five years ago, before any of this really started to happen in the cryptocurrency world, no one thought they were going to be arrested for writing code. Right. Mm. I mean, that was like completely out I, of the realm of possibility. I would love to hear uh, like a, a free speech uh, specialist attorney like give us the lowdown on like, hey, code is free speech, right? Like and apparently you know, not. I mean, I mean that needs to be said. That needs to be said in court, well, but I don't know if it has been. Well, yet. I mean, what free speech is even being protected anymore? And the thing is, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. you didn't un- you didn't realize that you'd be arrested. You didn't realize what you were doing. You didn't know what a government is. Mm. A government is violence. It is force. It is coercion. That's all it has ever been. That's all it can ever be. But the great thing is that it's way harder to target these decentralized organizations than, say, a centralized uh, exchange like Binance or something mm-hmm. like that. So this is going to clean up the centralization that has a- accumulated in this decentralized system. There's more coming up here. You can join the show if you want to comment. The number is 603-283-6160. Apparently a federal judge decided that Tornado Cash is a quote-unquote entity. It's just code. There's more coming up. Talk Live. Captain Singing, he's ready for Beard Talk Live coming up here later tonight. That'll be at 10.30 Eastern Time, about one hour from now. I am ready. About a half an hour after the Are end of ready? our... Oh, sorry about that. Ah, he, he was, was not, not ready. ready. Apparently. I wasn't ready in any case. <laughs> Didn't have his mic uh, on. But uh, Beard Talk Live is coming up at 10.30 Eastern. It what is an online-only same show. What have I said on this program that <laughs> deserves this level of censorship? Yeah, well, hopefully the captain will get it right tonight uh, after 10.30 Eastern time. No promises. Uh, Maybe. It is Beard Talk Live. That is a show you guys do. It is off the uh, radio. It is internet only. So no FCC to get in the way of you expressing yourself or That's, you guys yeah. expressing yourselves. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It'll be on our video channels. We have one primarily that we really like and maybe about 10 others that are okay. Uh, so check out the Odyssey channel over at uh, watch.freetalklive.com. Just bookmark that URL. That's watch.freetalklive.com and come back about a half hour after the end of this radio show. So 1030 Eastern Time tonight. Uh, by the way, big thanks to Curry, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. He is a silver level supporter, which means Curry is contributing five bucks a month to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. If you like 
what we do here on Free Talk Live, you can do as Curry has done and get behind the show through our Patreon over at amps.freetalklive.com. You get a few perks, get some benefits from signing up for that. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Maybe you don't care for Patreon, however. Uh, it is one of those bigger centralized systems. And so and sometimes you, they censor people, Ian. Nobody likes that. that. They have done that to some people. They haven't done it to us yet, but it could happen any day. So if you want to go through another way of supporting us, you can do it through the Odyssey channel that we have. If you go to video.freetalklive.com and click join, you can do that for five bucks a month. Now, they do charge the fee on top. So uh, with Patreon, they take the fee out of the five dollars. So we end up with you know four and change. And then with uh, Odyssey, it's five dollars plus the fee, so it's like five seventy and change yeah. basically. And so part of that seventy something cents goes to Odyssey. Some of it goes to the credit card processor. So it's a way to support Odyssey, and it's a way to support Free Talk Live and get access to the Odyssey now members only chat room. That Ooh. was a change that we made this week. The Odyssey chat that we have here. By the way, we do have it pulled up in the studio on our studio computer here. So at all times, we have the ability to monitor. It's much easier to monitor now because we don't have that many members. So there aren't that many people that can say things. Well, it sounds like you've increased the quality, too. The quality has gone up quite a bit. There used to be a bunch of garbage in that uh, chat room because anybody could go in there. And if you even tried to ban somebody for some reason, they could just go create a new account and... 10 seconds right yep. so now they actually have to pay something to get into the chat so anything you see in the odyssey chat is being said by someone who's actually back in the show which is pretty cool so that's a perk that you get only if you join the odyssey side of the amp system and it's also again helps odyssey which is arguably the best video sharing platform out there at this moment so check that out uh head over to video.freetalklive.com let's go to john he's calling us from battle creek michigan where uh we're on the air on wbck fm go ahead john yeah i just want to say um hey to all 50 states don't forget about the firefighters and the men and women that are out there uh humping their rears off you know um they're doing a good job. I got some. Pe- I got people out there, and I'm concerned about them. And they're 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 good crews. They're good people. And after they're all done, um, we got to start replanning. Isn't it true that like seventy percent of firefighters are volunteers in the United States? Uh, you're close. I think sixty five. Sixty five percent. Yeah, and that's something right there. I mean, for yeah. people to really step up and uh, and help out their community and expect no compensation for it. Those, to me, are the real uh, heroes out there. I mean, the professionals, mm-hmm. okay, they're getting paid, but uh, the people that are really they're putting their lives on the line for no pay except for just yeah. the good uh, the good vibes of the yeah. community. You know? Nobody ever made a yeah, song that said F the fire department, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics behind that, too. I mean, you know, you and you got to see it's a big it's a it's big what's big and oh i mean just to make sure they got water and food. oh the you job yeah the the logistics yeah. of the thing yeah mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from john i appreciate the call tonight thank you for the kind words and you're right about that uh, certainly it's hard to be too critical of you know, people who go out there and, and fight fires, except for when you find out that some of them are actually setting the fires, and then it's kind of like, wow. okay, now that's unnecessary. Of the estimated Thanks total the of 1,041,200 firefighters across the country, 676,000. 
900 are volunteer, mm-hmm. comprising 65% of firefighters. Bam, there you go. Yeah, and as he pointed out, this is a big job. So anyone who's like, oh, that job is too big to be handled by anyone but the government. No, no, it's not. We can voluntarily organize in, in fact, more effective ways because we have the efficiency of if you look at the charities versus government programs doing the same job, mm-hmm. the 80-20 split goes the other way. In a government version of it, 80% of that money gets wasted, 20% of it goes to whatever right. whatever you're trying to get done. In a charity, a voluntary version of this, 80% of it goes to what you're trying to get done and at only least. 20% overhead. Apparently yep. they don't allow firefighters over age 55 and even hmm. 50 in some places because firefighters live on average 10 years less than the really? general public. Oof. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know either. Uh, let's go to the phones here. We got Alu Axelman on the line here from the Liberty Block at libertyblock.org. Alu, welcome to the show. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Thank you. What, where, where do you go if you end up at dot org? <laughs> That's right. Um, sorry, I'm in a uh, bad spot. I'm actually in the Keene area, so if my uh, reception cuts out, I'm sorry. Oh, welcome. Um, yeah, speaking of, of uh, firefighters being volunteer, EMS also, so emergency medical services, oh, yeah. EMS and paramedics, also a lot of them are volunteer, and also a lot are private companies. So some are private ambulances, and some are private hospitals have ambulances within their hospital system. One of the services they do is EMS. Do they have a? Do they have an well. age limit? Like once you're fifty or fifty-five, you can't that, be EMS anymore. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, um, it's rare for people to work in EMS because of you know it's a lot of lifting and stuff and hours and overnights. Um, but I've seen people over 50, 60, 65, 70 in their seventies that work with guys. So probably not. But firefighter does make a little more sense to have an age limit. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything can be done by the free market better than the government for sure. So what were you talking about tonight? Yeah, so the reason I called is uh, I'm like two nights behind. Um, uh, two nights ago, Bonnie and Nikki and Riley were talking about some articles, some really nasty articles pretty much saying anyone who doesn't believe in the science is uh, pretty much a right-wing, bigot, fascist, extremist, religious nut. And I wanted to say I reject the government institutional science crap, even though I am a scientist and I've been in medicine for 12 years. Yeah. I reject the coronafascism and global warming hoaxes, and I am pretty agnostic atheist. So, yeah, wouldn't it go, be nice if wouldn't it be nice if they actually followed the scientific method in the scientific community? There was a time. Yeah, it, there was. And <laughs> there's a lot of gatekeeping to a lot of these studies in the journals about masks and vaccines and stuff. But still, published on the NIH.gov's website, there are a lot of studies, and I have them in my book, The Plagues of Asami Questions, and in my articles on LibertyBlock.com. At least 10, 15, 20 studies now in the book showing masks don't work. Yep. Surgical masks and I-5 masks, they both prevent, provide roughly the same protection, which is right around zero, but negligible protection mm-hmm. from uh, respiratory viruses like flu and COVID. Good book, too, by the way. Well, Ollie, yeah, you, you just need to have more faith in the science. I mean, that's what all these faith, articles yeah, tell yes. me. You just need to have more faith. Isn't in it the ironic science. that after all this time of science people attacking religion over faith and things like that, now the terminology has completely flipped, and yeah. and now the science side is talking about having faith. Scientism. Well, uh-huh. I mean, you, you just keep demanding all this evidence and logic <laughs> and like things that can be tested you've just got to believe our priests i mean phds <laughs> that this is what's exactly. real my mother growing up um super ultra orthodox religious 
too. My mother very often said, because I was a skeptic my whole life since I was a baby, I asked her, why should we believe God for this and this, and why would I believe it? And she said, you have to believe it. That's the whole point. If it was easy, if it was signs that God was here, it wouldn't be hard. It would be nothing special to believe in God. It's, it's about the faith itself, um, just for, for the sake of faith, um, that you believe in something you can't really see, and that's what makes it special, and that's why you're going to heaven. So it's a very interesting concept. But yeah, in the book, the, the book about chronofascism that, that Captain Kickass did the narration for, um, I have a whole chapter on religion. I think it's called The New Religion. And it's all about how the scientism, the, the religion of the chronofascism, the religion of Fauciism as a high priest, it's like a religion with a blind faith and everything, and it's thickening. Mm-hmm. And I even made a, their Ten Commandments because they have, you know, the commandments wear a mask at all times, social distance at all times, and all that stuff, and thou shalt not gather in a group of more than ten. Yeah. So, like, they have their whole own Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see this exact same pattern playing out once again in the USSR, where the advertisement for the idea was, we will be rational and scientific about all of this, and really quickly that just breaks down into their own little government priesthood. Yeah, Ali? Buddhism is the most dangerous religion. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you, and if you're out in the keen area, come on by and see us. I don't feel time for it, but uh, and you can find his books on Amazon.com. Alu Axelman, yeah, check him out. Hey, thanks for the call. And it's the Liberty or it's LibertyBlock.com. Don't go, go to .org; it won't work. Uh, thank you, Alu, for the call tonight. And if you're wondering, well, maybe it's not a religion, then you should ask yourself, why do they wear gowns? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, more people should follow the money. Yeah. Speaking of money, it's a topic we've been talking about throughout the show tonight, and uh, let's go to uh, Buenos Aires for a story from the Washington Post about Javier Malay. The what they're they describe him as, of course, they have to put this in right wing extremist, Trump admiring. That's even worse. Wait, why is this from Buenos Aires? I thought he was Argentinian. That's the capital of Argentina. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I see as... you have the American level of uh, geography. <laughs> I probably have less than the American level of geography. But yeah. As the election results set in, Juan Fon Rouge knew what to do. First, fill his car with gas, then shop for the essentials. Eight jars of coffee, a dozen cans of mosquito repellent, 100 cans of food, 100 bars of soap. His trunk packed neatly, he posted a picture on social media. The 44-year-old journalist isn't alone. After the surprise primary victory this month, the presidential candidate Javier Malay, the Trump-admiring libertarian economist, at least they gave him the word libertarian in this one, who has promised to dismantle Argentina's central bank, dollarize the economy, and break up the political caste, a beleaguered citizenry has launched into a wearingly familiar crisis mode, rushing to spend their pesos in anticipation of the inflation to come. Good! That's the wise decision to make when the peso is devaluing at over 100%. Right, and this is why I thought this was an interesting story, because it gives you a little view into what it's like in a place where you have constant devaluation yeah. way beyond what we have here. Fun Rouge says, it's a very Argentine thing to do, something for which you're trained from a very young age. Whenever you see prices soaring and the peso nosediving, the first thing to do is stock up to the extent that you can. The action proved shrewd. The day after Malay won 30% of the primary vote just a couple weeks ago, uh, pushing Argentina's two major political coalitions to the sidelines, the country's Peronista administration delivered a 22% devaluation in the peso. It was almost as though they were punishing the people of Argentina for voting for Javier Malay. Huh. They oh, literally yeah. went in and they said, oh, this guy's winning? 
let's crank it up. Right, and they yeah. turned on the printing presses, devaluing the currency 20% in 22% in like 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, that's crazy. Well, it, it, it's it's a tactical move in a number of ways. So first and foremost, OK, we just got a lot closer to the possibility that this scam it's going to end is going to end. Yeah. So we better get as much out of these people that's that exactly we have enslaved doing. as possible before this scam is up. There was an expe- and, and number two, they want to punish the people for having done this. There was an expectation that the government would somehow muddle through and keep inflation in check until year end, said an economist with the Buenos Aires think tank, Feel F-I-E-L, he says now that outcome is no longer possible. And by muddle through, they meant 10% a month because it's over 100% inflation right now. But no, instead they cranked it up another, they went up 20% in one day. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the days that followed the vote, the peso lost 30% of its value in the black market price. The monthly inflation rate at 6.3% in July is now expected to double in August. Private economists forecast a 175% annual increase as the government struggles. Again, struggles. I love how they ex- how they talk about governments. It's so hard not to steal this from you. <laughs> right. I just can't help myself. Can't resist it. <laughs> Uh, avoiding hyperinflation. No, it's this is not avoiding hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is considered 50% oh, right. annual yeah. inflation. They are more than double at that rate at this point before they pulled the twenty extra right. 20% out. It's hyperinflation when I say it's hyperinflation, <laughs> right. just like a recession. And looters this week ransacked supermarkets and shops in the Buenos Aires suburbs. Argentina used because when inflation gets worse and worse... As we've been talking about people having trouble making ends meet yep. in the United States. Well, when it's 100% a year, which is you know more than 10 times what it is in the United States, yep. you've got even more desperate people who are willing to do even more desperate criminal acts in order to keep their food on the table yep. by literally stealing it from the supermarkets. Argentina uses its one-day all-primary party to weed out non-viable candidates before the election in October. After the vote, harried Argentines rushed to fill gas tanks and hoard non-perishable food items before the new prices kicked in. Are they really hairy? Drugs, uh, <laughs> drug stores imposed buying limits on staples such as hair care products and sanitary pads, so you can only buy so much. Some grocery stores removed price tags from the shelves. Social media users reported mm. retail prices on smartphones and electronics shot up 20% overnight. Quote, every Argentine has a dashboard in the back of their minds with a red light on it, said a consumer spending consultant. He said further, when this alarm goes off, a crisis defense mechanism emerges. From then on, it's a race to see who can shed their pesos faster. Whoever falls asleep at the wheel loses. Yeah. Claudio Caratzu, 60 years old, has worked in El, Portene- or El Porteño, the small grocery store he owns in the Buenos Aires suburb of Hurlingham City since he was 25. As inflation soars, he's now changing price tags several times a week. Mm-hmm. He yeah. says in Argentina, prices last barely 48 hours. 
Yeah. This the, this is hyperinflation. Yeah. This is what it looks like, people. Yeah, this is the same sort of a pattern that moves you toward where we where we saw the Weimar Republic, where, mm-hmm. hey, you better spend that on your lunch break, because by the time you're out of work, those prices will have doubled. Yeah. And that's why they have to pull the prices off the shelves, because they're going to have to change them, what, 48 hours now? Yeah, and But a week from now, it might be that you change those prices once an hour. Or yeah. if you could program digital price tags that would, like... Could. Increase the prices according to the amount. But can of you afford them? And spe- well, no, of course yeah. not. But uh, so yeah, I mean, just imagine that. Imagine living. This is their life. Okay, this is what it is like to live in Argentina, where, like you said, you get out of work and you go and you go to the grocery store and you're kicking yourself because you didn't wake up earlier and right. go before you uh, you went to work because the prices have gone up. Now you can only get half your groceries for the mm-hmm. week. He's withdrawn some of his stock from sale. The pay, uh, the peso is losing value so rapidly that it's difficult to gauge how much the products are actually worth. In my 35 years as a supermarket owner, he says, I've never seen anything like this. And that's saying something because the Argenti- uh, the Argentinians went through a currency crisis 20-something years ago, yeah. around the turn mm-hmm. of the century. And this guy's old enough to remember that, but it apparently is worse now than it was then. And I'd like to point out that this is another situation where if you want to know what this is worth, look at the free market. The black market, as they call it, Mm -hmm. has this at at 30% increase instead of a 20% increase because that's real. And if you want to know, in the same way, if you want to know what the probability of a given uh, political outcome is, look at the betting pools because that's real. My heart goes out to everybody who is experiencing this. And can't you know get by? Can't figure out how to make it go, or can't makes one out. mistake, can't get out. Uh, it it really just illustrates that the system is completely broken. No matter what government you live under, the system of government is completely broken. Uh, it has never actually functioned in a way that is protective of its people. Uh, it's only there to rob you of your value, as we're seeing. In stories, like he this. says, "Well, per- I, I don't think it's actually broken. It's doing exactly what, what it it's designed, designed to, to do. do." Right, and the thing is, they're they're like extract hey, we wealth don't... from you, right? And they're like, "Hey, we don't know how many pesos these products are worth because they're not worth an actual number. Mm-hmm. Like, how much mu- how much is this sandwich worth in something that you can print? If you have an infinite number of this, how many of those is this sandwich worth? Well, and and of course, one of the problems when you're doing a retail store is, yeah." You did buy that product at a certain point in the past for X pesos, and now you can sell it for more, but the problem is, and you might make some pesos on that, but what's the next next pallet of items going to cost you? Mm -hmm. When are you going to have to buy that? How, How soon are you going to be sold out of the current rolls of toilet paper before you can get the next pallet of toilet paper? But is the money that you're collecting now for the rolls of toilet paper going to be enough to pay for the next shipment of toilet paper? And the answer is... I don't know. And probably not. Because it all depends on what the politicians do between now and then. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be another 20% increase tomorrow? Right. There's no way for you to know. It's time to cancel the politicians. Yeah. Uh, He says, this is the store owner, he says, purchasing power slips away like water through your fingers. Not all is doom and gloom, though, they say. In a Buenos Aires butcher shop, a Malay supporter put up a sign advertising beef at $5 a kilo with the politician's catchphrase, long live freedom, damn it. 
Malay, first-term congressman at age 52, pushed his way to national prominence, and I would say international at this point, by raffling off his salary month by month. His ideas, by the way, uh, my girlfriend, when I moved here to New Hampshire, made a similar promise when she was running for, like, Keene mayor or something like that, and the attorney general threatened her with bribing a, a bribing voters charge. What? Yeah. If she offered to simply do a giveaway of her paycheck to a randomly selected voter, they were going to say that that was a bribing the voters <laughs> felony charge would be coming at her. So Further she withdrew. illustration of the bastards that uh, call themselves government. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the clown show, I just heard about uh, apparently one of the uh, potential nominees for the Republican uh, presidential, the way that they ended up getting the uh, the number of donors required to get on that debate stage is that they would send gift cards out to anyone who would give them uh, any donation amount. And right now the ah. courts are trying to figure out whether or not that's illegal. Because they're not sure if they have a law to make that loophole close. Which one was that? Which candidate? I, I forget. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, that's kind of creative. It was one that I hadn't heard the name of before. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of creative. You should get credit. Brilliant. You should get credit for it. Uh, so, anyway, his ideas for transforming Argentina's lar- long underperforming economy, making the country the largest to use the dollar, shutting down their central bank, taking a, quote, chainsaw to government spending, are similarly radical and derided by mainstream leaders as impractical or unmanageable. To campaign consultant Jaime Barba, who guided Mauricio Macri to the presidency in 2015, they sound more like slogans than actual policies. Yet they swayed nearly a third of the voters in this South American nation of 46 million people, home to massive reserves of oil, natural gas, and lithium, but long caught in the cycle of inflation and debt. An apparent signal that the global wave of anti-establishment populism has finally reached these shores. In a sense, it comes as no surprise. The country has grappled with stagnation for over a decade. Inflation is running well over triple digits. Against this backdrop, Malay champions free market remedies and offers himself as a champion of voter anger. Some of his ideas, such as reimposing restrictions on abortion, or making it legal to buy and sell human organs, okay, Unnerve many Argentines, yet his su- uh, support reflects how far outside the mainstream some are willing to go to upend the status quo. His election, the first round is scheduled for October, will be the end of the corrupt and inept political caste that plagues this country, he said after winning the primary. And then they talk a little bit about his home life and so on. But they say here, for now, the future is uncertain because he would have to win with 45% of the vote or 40% with a at least 10-point lead Do we know over when the rest of the, the field. actual real election? First round is October 22. First round? So if he doesn't win the first round, it goes to a runoff election between the top two. The top two, oh, okay. And to give credit, I think it was uh, Doug Burgum who uh, did that brilliant okay. way of getting on the stage. Interesting. Uh, we are out of time for the radio show tonight. But these guys have time for their show, which is Beard Talk Live, coming up in about a half hour, 10.30 Eastern Time. Join them over at watch.freetalklive.com. And I love this last line here with one of the voters. He says, I'm I'm voting for Malay. I'm tired of being let down time and again. Now I want to be let down by someone new. (laughs) If you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com